What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports.com post-game overreaction show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined alongside for this journey is Jason Butt. And uh, we will be welcoming a ton of faces onto the show with us as we progress throughout the afternoon. Georgia with the victory, 45-3 to over Ball State. I don't know, Jason, we were talking kind of before the show real quick. Not much to overreact to in this game compared to last. Uh, I'm sure we'll find something. Uh, that's what we always do over here. But before we do that, and like we always do every show, guys, we want to know where you're watching us from. So go ahead and put that into the YouTube comments. We'll get you up onto the screen. And uh, also, if you want to join us, there is a link in the description. It puts you into a virtual waiting room, and then we add you onto the show via video and audio or just audio, whichever one you prefer. So you can give your thoughts on the dog's victory the dogs are now two and oh they will face south carolina next week but before we get to south carolina jason we've got to break down this one here your initial thoughts sir yes so much 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 better performance as i just uh put in the what just happened uh initial over uh the initial sorry i got i got gambling on the right screen here i had to i had to uh, all, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm barely covering a bet here, thanks to this Utah extra point. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Back to back to what we really should be focusing on. Much much better performance from Georgia. Uh, I, I thought early on. I mean, even though they they didn't score in the first quarter, that first drive was exactly what the offense needed. They go right down the field, uh, stalled there, you know, inside the ten, uh, but you know, and then missed the field goal. Um, you know, freshman kicker. I think that can be expected. But I really like the fact that the offense itself was able to get a fast start. Second drive, not so much. Makai Muse, I you know, wish they had a scholarship they could just give the kid right now because he absolutely deserves it. I mean, when he's on the field, he's arguably maybe the most electric player. Electric player, not best, but electric player when they can get the ball into his hands. Uh, so I, I really did like what, they, what I saw out of the offense. Um, I know some people were grumbling just looking at Twitter and the message board. Uh, on the dog vent, I know people were grumbling about that. Uh, you know, Mike Bobo's uh, play calling early in the game. I really didn't have a problem with it, so not much of an overreaction for me. Um, I did see a comment, our guy Chase Langford here. I do want to overreact to the offensive pass interference call, if I may. I thought that was maybe the oh, most yeah, trash call I've seen uh, all season so far. Uh, th I mean, I, I don't know what they saw. Um, only thing I can think of is – and, and this actually goes into it. Maybe maybe they were on Ball State plus 42 and a half. And and, and then Georgia here wins by 42. And they yeah. would have. And it would have gone the other way if they had the touchdown and not the field goal. But that was absolutely not offensive pass interference. I uh, don't know what they saw. Absolute trash officiating on that play. Uh, but that's really the only complaint I have from that game. I thought Georgia took care of business. Uh, pretty, pretty solid effort. Um you know, kept them out of the end zone on our on our predictions going into the week. At least I went one of one. I had them covering, but uh, which our our spread I think was forty three and a half. I had them covering, so I didn't win that one, but got them uh, keeping Ball State out of the end zone. So the defense should be pretty happy about that. See, so I I was the reigning uh, week one champion, if you will, two and zero last week on our 
predictions over on UJSports.com. I predicted Ball State would get into the end zone, though, so I lost that one. I did predict Georgia would not cover, so I am three and one, probably still best over there. But uh, if you if you don't check those out, you definitely should. Those are fun. We've changed it up this year and how we do our predictions, uh, so that you know it, it's not just hey Georgia's going to win. We figured that's going to happen. We we've added some prop bits onto there to make it more fun. Uh, Keith Harbuck from Forsyth, Georgia. How you doing, Keith? Pre- appreciate you watching the show. One thing I will. I don't know if it's this. I mean, this could be a good overreaction as well. It doesn't have to be terrible overreactions. Georgia scored on every one of the interceptions, Jason. So three picks and all three of those resulted in offensive touchdowns or touchdowns in general uh, for the dogs, which I thought was, you know, top, top shelf stuff there. The one play that kind of is going to stick out from this game, I think will be the Chaz Chambliss interception. Mm -hmm. Going off of that guy's leg, that's got to have some power. I'm surprised he still has his uh, – uh, what is that muscle in the back of your foot? Uh, Achilles. Achilles? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just snap his Achilles there uh, with yeah. that ricocheting off of that thing. It must have. I mean, I didn't look closely. It must have hit the back of his shoe. I it mean, for it to, to, it for it to go to. down and then bounce the way it did, you would yeah. think it hit some some leather or something like that, um, a hard surface, not something that would absorb the, the impact. But, yeah, no, that was wild. Right place, right time, looking that way for Chaz. Uh, awesome interception for him to get there. The uh, big thing last week was Carson Beck. We spent a lot of time talking about Carson Beck, Jason, and you know what he was able to do and what he was not able to do. This game maybe opened some eyes that he's now calming down a little bit. And if we want to overreact, we can re- overreact that way, saying now you know he, he's – He's the guy that we thought he was going to be. Looked very, yeah. very poised back there. Well, you're smiling. I see you. Hold smiling on. because last week when I was on, uh, I had three of y'all saying, I don't know about Carson Beck. It's the, that was a hell of an overreaction, I must say. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, and, and then me here, I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the overreaction. Car- he, Carson Beck was fine last week. Not exceptional. And I think you could say he wasn't exceptional today. But I, I only say that because of the opponent. He's expected to go do what he did today but another week where he's over you know i think he was 283 today uh he was 294 last week the guy the guy's getting the yards he's putting up the 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 one interception wasn't his fault it was a jump ball that dylan bell couldn't come down with um there was nothing out there the one thing i'll say last week yes he was playing it maybe a little safer early uh you could maybe nitpick that um but uh you know in terms of carson beck there were no issues last. There were no issues today. There were some things last week. I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic out there today. Definitely settled in, like you said. Uh, uh, definitely felt. I thought. I thought he was calm last week too. Uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe Stetson is just like a. He's just so. He's more emotional, and you see it. And he's just a different type of player. So maybe that was, uh, you know, forcing folks to think a little differently. I was impressed. Um, and I think these two games will will, will be uh, you know are, are great tune-ups for the for the guy going into South Carolina next week. No, yeah, I think a lot more poise back there than he was the first week. Nerves, you know, obviously got the better of him. If it seems like because he looked way more uh, in control of the game. We do have a comment here from Justin Farmer says our O line at times I felt like didn't really get any push today again and our running game wasn't great neither but we do have injuries 
Yeah. So if we do want to overreact to something, Jason, I was getting there and Justin helped me get there with his comment. I do, which I do have one. I do have one around here that I'm sure you know what yeah. I'm about to say. Yeah. So, um, guys, your comments help us tremendously. You don't know it, but sometimes your comments lead us right into the next portion of the show, which helps tremendously. So let us know what your thoughts are. We want to know. This isn't just about what Jason and I talk about. We want you guys to come on the show and also let us know in the comments, you know, what your thoughts were. Rushing, Jason, 28 rush attempts, 99 yards, 3.5 yards of carry. I don't know. I don't know, Jason. What what was this a lack of push? Was this a hey, we're really going to try to focus on getting the ball through the air? I mean, they were very pretty much balanced. 33 attempts through the air, 28 attempts on the ground, so it doesn't seem like that's the answer. What is the answer here? Your leading rusher, Roderick Robinson, the true freshman, six attempts, 38 yards, and then underneath him, Dylan Bell, who I think probably had the best offensive play of the day in terms of just that those two cuts that he made were razor yeah. sharp. Uh, what what are we looking at in this running back room, Jason? Well, I was about to say it, but I'm going to let Omari Carmichael, let's pull up his comment. We'll let him do it for me. Yes. Mm. Well, what does that comment say? Bell looks like the best explosive running back. I think so, yeah. I mean, if yeah. we're going to overreact – I think yeah. uh, I think Omari's right on that one. That that run was really something. You know who he's reminding me of? You know who he reminded me of today? And like I know some people, and we took some. You know they had been giving him some reps at running back, and right. we had gotten some comments. And I know he was recruited as one by by a few teams. He played uh, a good bit of running back in high school, right? And I, I want to say in the uh, the Sunday Collins show, we had people asking, "Well, when we get Dylan Bell at running back?" And I'm thinking at the time. They have four running backs. They don't need Dylan Bell at running back. He reminds me of Cordell Patterson. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, like I mean the, the size, the build. He can he can be a receiver. He can he can be a running back. I think the development here, and I don't mean development of as a player, just the development of having to put him there pretty much by necessity with with Dejan Edwards not playing. Uh, with uh, obviously Kendall Milton's not hundred percent. Branson Robinson's out for the year. I, I mean, I think that this this revelation, maybe maybe that's probably the better word than development. It's revelation that okay, this guy can seriously play this position. They might need to rethink how they use him on this offense, and I think by doing that, that actually could open up more playing time and more reps for Makai Muse, who, if I may overreact, should be on the field a lot more on offense uh, than he has been so far. Really. Get these even, guys, get the electric guys the ball. Even when, even when Lad comes back. Get dude. them both on. This happened. You know what? There, now, I'm not saying this is what you do to Lad. You get Lad on the field as well. But there was a, there was a, a famous baseball player by the name of Wally Pitt. I don't know if you all remember. And then a guy yeah. named – and then he had to miss some time, and a guy named Lou Gehrig came in and never looked hmm. back. Now I'm not saying that's the situation here, but <laughs> that's, but, a, that's a hell of a stretch. But Lad McConkey, this 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 was what this is how Lad McConkey got on the field. He got on the field because of injuries. I don't think anybody expected him to see the field as a freshman two years ago. Got on the field, made some plays. They said, "Okay, we got to keep this guy on the field." That's how you. That's what you got to do with Makai Muse because uh, you know he's obviously going to be in the return game. But even the the couple of catches he had today, I mean. 
for a guy that small, he's he's very very uh, he's strong uh, from the waist down, uh, taking contact, not getting pushed back. You like his strength, uh, you know, fr- from the from the legs down, and then um, and then of course just the the wiggle, the agility, the the cutting, the the vision really is what's exceptional. Uh, you know, when he's in open f- in the open field, so uh, th- that that's kind of my take. I think if you can get Dylan Bell in this. This in a Cordero Patterson type role moving forward, and then that can open up some things for Muse. And then maybe when Lad comes back, you can you got both both sides of the field. Uh, whether it's four, a four man formation, two slots, and you can do some special things with those two players. Speaking of a walk on that's valuable to the team, let's bring on Eddie from Ackworth, the walk on up there in Ackworth on the UGA Sports team. Doesn't have a scholarship, uh, but he is here with us. And Eddie, uh, I, I know you were listening. We just had Jason Butt compare Makai Muse to Lou Gehrig. So, you know, <laughs> if we're overreacting today, baby, there we go. Makai Muse equals Lou Gehrig. How are you, Eddie? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm great, guys. Happy Saturday to you guys. Yeah, I, I came on laughing because, uh, Jason, why don't you just do the Drew Bledsoe going out for injury for Tom Brady coming in? I, I mean, mean yeah, just I, I wanted to go old, old, old school. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Mm. That's hilarious. Good stuff. Now, on the Makai Muse thing, I'm with you. Put those spark plugs in, and that's exactly what Makai was today. We were sleepwalking through that first quarter. I mean, 12 o'clock game, ball state. You could hear it in the crowd. It was zero energy in that place that I heard through the TV. Maybe it's different if you're there. but And and Makai sparked the whole team. I mean, that, that was an electric return. Thank God there were no flags. I'm surprised there weren't. The refs were all in our job today. It was terrible, but yeah, he was the spark plug that got the team going. And and I'm with you, Jason. If he's making plays like that, not dropping balls like Dylan Bell, and uh, let's not forget, number 19 had a horrible drop. He probably takes that into the end zone. Let the kid play more. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, we do this every person that comes on to the show, so you know what the drill is. I need your initial thoughts on uh, on the game as itself, as a, as a whole. Well, I, I said it a minute ago. I mean, the first quarter was just – throwaway and and we started now two games that are garbage games very very slowly and to me that's a concern especially last week you know that's the first game out of the gate you expect them to just come out on fire with their hair on fire today I kind of get you know like I said 12 o'clock ball state but the second quarter was tremendous I mean they turned it around and I'm I'm really pleased with what I saw on the defense today the defensive front was really disruptive and they they didn't seem to be that way last year or last week, rather. And Malachi Starks, my goodness, cool. that kid is such yeah. an incredible athlete. I mean, that that was a la Oregon last year, that catch he made. It wasn't quite as good, yeah. but it reminded me of that. The way he, If you go back and look at that replay, that ball was so high in the air. and He left. I mean, it, it was ridiculous, that play he made. He is so good. Give me an update on Bullard. Uh, we don't have one yet. Ugh. We'll have one soon. Um I'm sure Kirby will give us one, and then we'll we'll try to get some behind the scenes on it as well. I haven't seen anything come yeah, through. Kirby will just say day to day. Of course, right? Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I was I was waiting on I was waiting on Kirby to say that, but yes, that's right. Uh, speaking of day to day, the man Andy Stowe's here. Day to day, he's here on UGA Sports. The man, the myth, the legend, uh, Andy. As we do every show, give me your quick initial thoughts here. Then I've, I've got a couple more questions for everybody. Yeah, um, like you guys are saying, first quarter, not good. But I, I will agree with Jason. I did think that Beck looked a lot better today. After that first quarter, though, after the first quarter, so it's like 
it's almost like you, know, you see like Tom Glavin. He used to start. It would take him an inning or so to get gone, and then he shut down. It's some weird thing. I, what I don't know what that is, but yeah, he did his throwing was a lot better, and you know the line did not look very good at all in the first quarter. I mean, he he was. I mean, there's no running, so I mean, but I thought he looked better. I agree, but um, overall, I thought it was was okay. Um, still a lot to work with. I mean, my biggest concern I think today was tackling on the defense. Missed a lot of tackles, just wide open tackles. Um, yeah, uh, Eddie said, you know, the the pressure from the defensive line was a positive for him. I think it might it? be a little. I, I think it might be a little negative for me. I don't know. The push. Um, the push. The push. I yeah. Better push. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was negative for me as well. Yeah. I didn't see any sacks today. I wanted to see a sack. <laughs> no. Um, they did have some tackles for loss. They had six totals. So you had uh, one from Gabe Harris, one from Chambliss, one from Christian Miller, who I think is continuing to play a little bit better. Uh, Dalen Everett had a tackle for loss. Tyke Smith had one and a half. And then Marvin Jones had a half sack. So I would and like I, to see some, some sacks, Jason. And I'll say this. There were two or three plays. I think it might have just been two where I can remember thinking, okay, if that's Spencer Rattler making that throw, that's that's a big first down. A um, couple of uh, maybe corner routes uh, that that the, the receiver had had an open position and um, they just couldn't connect. So you, you do want you, the defense does need to step up and they need to get to get they need to get the sacks essentially. And yeah. I remember what last year that we we were seeing this from them. They weren't uh, getting to the quarterback that you know as frequently. And then it was the Tennessee game I think when when they kind of exploded for six sacks. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of this is when you have a talented D-line, teams are, the, the game plan is going to be is the quick game. Let's get the ball out under three seconds, go 2.5, 2.9. And uh, last week I remember that being the case. Uh, today, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, it didn't feel like it, but at the same time, you didn't really see them try to test Georgia deep. So you do wonder um, when they get into games with better – quarterbacks where they're going to take those shots if Georgia has more opportunities for for those sacks and you know beginning next week really where you have to imagine that um they're you know South Carolina is going to try to set up Rattler for some deep shots Frank DiCarlo says this was just blah team can't find a rhythm on offense I feel like they found a little bit of a rhythm with Beck the problem guys yeah the, the, the second quarter was crazy Eddie yeah 31 points uh, that was that was their best quarter by far this year. I, I would be surprised if moving forward they have a better quarter in terms of points scored throughout the year. 31 is a excuse me, pretty high number to beat uh, for one quarter. The rushing attack, man. I know you don't have Dejon back there. You hope to get him back soon. Uh, man, it's just 3.5 per carry. Per yeah. Yeah, it's just against uh, ball state. We I should don't want to. I hate saying this because I don't like to be the, you know, sometimes I try to avoid being the one to, to like play coach and, and reorganize the depth chart the way I want to see it. But I don't, I don't know if Kendall Milton should be the, the top back. Yeah. When he, even when he has a hole, it just, it's almost like he's stuck in the mud, you know? It's, and I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but it just it doesn't go. And then you saw Dylan Bell, he goes. I mean, there's explosion there, and even Roger Robinson has some explosiveness. But yeah, I, I, I thought Robinson as the game got on, he got better. Uh, but it, he's, he's one of those yeah. guys that the, when the game continues to wear on, it makes you wonder better. too. It makes you wonder too. You know, Georgia's uh, in the last you know three four years. The sh- really, I say that, but really since the beginning, they rotate backs, 
And that's kind of the, the strategy. And, and you wonder a guy like Robinson, if he's going to be successful, you know, his, his way might be to, to be on the field a lot more and not have this, this, uh, you know, uh, down by down rotation that Georgia often goes with, uh, you know, with their running backs. Yeah. Y'all mentioned Dylan Bell. Sorry, Andy. Go and ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm some just backs saying. need to get lathered up. They have to kind of get, get in the flow to, to break it. Yeah. yeah. You guys mentioned Dylan Bell earlier being the best back that we saw today as a, I guess you mentioned it as a positive. That's a negative to me. I mean, Ooh. good for the kid. Yeah. It looked yeah, good, but that's yeah. not good. If, if, yeah. if that's our best running back right now, he was just thrown back there today. Yeah. Basically. I don't like that. And I, yeah, I would no. say, I would say Dajan's your best running back at the moment. Uh, he's just he's just not healthy. Right. So if if it's me, I'm thinking Dejan, Dylan Bell, maybe, and and yeah. then and Roderick Robinson. Those are your three backs. I Cash think that, didn't do much to impress me today. Which all. is he which is crazy. Yeah. I hate I hate you know really sounding like I'm coming down on on one particular player, but no. I, I you know it's just two weeks in a row where, <laughs> and he's he's hurt too, but. You know, maybe, maybe this is a situation where they can let him heal up even more uh, because he is not he's not giving you what you need at the position at the moment. But is it yeah. two weeks in a row or is it three seasons going on now? Because that five star hype hasn't lived up. And I mean, you know, that's sure. Yeah, I know that sounds no, harsh, but, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, you, know, you just had- you just thought that by now, like this, at least when it comes to this season, um, going into it, having the. The off season, but yeah, you know, he opened the year uh, hurt again. And the, the problem with all this is you don't have when the defense is looking at us all week playing South Carolina this week, they don't have a running back that you've got to account for and fear. Yeah. We had that last year with with Kenny Mack. I mean, you had to fear that guy both coming out, out of the backfield on wheel routes and running the ball. We, right now, it's not fair. And that, and to kind of piggyback on Eddie there. That can really help defenses when they're yeah. just having to hone oh, in on, on your passing. Uh, you know, it, it it gets to a point where you you don't you don't have UT Martin in Ball State every week. You're, you're going to get into the SEC schedule, SEC coordinators, SEC players uh, that are going to be able to keep up on you know a lot of these. Like Jason said, some of those throws today had it been Spitz and Rattler, you know, next week they probably complete those. Yeah. Uh, so you have to start looking forward. I'm curious what, you know, we'll never get this, right? We'll, we'll always get a coach speak answer from Kirby, but I'm curious what Kirby thinks of this running back room, what he's looking at, because, you know, when Branson went down, that just seemed like it was yeah, almost like a, not a nail in the coffin, but it felt pretty close. Like this was going to be a patchwork type situation, not this backfield this year. You had Milton who has consistently been injured. You, you, you've seen good things from him, especially coming out of high school. Like he looked like that next guy in line. It doesn't seem like that's what it's going to be. So now you've got to look elsewhere. You, you took Edwards, who was kind of a late flyer in a class out of Colquitt County. And he's a good player. He's hurt right now. We haven't got to see him this year. So then you've got these freshmen. Uh, Roger Robinson looks decent, but I don't know if he's your, is your, your, your workhorse. And then Dylan Bell comes in today and looks great. So to Eddie's point, you know, it looked like a positive because Dylan Bell looked great. But then also, if Dylan Bell is the best looking running back and he's a wide receiver, then it might be that might be the overreaction uh, out of the day. Did Andrew Paul even get a carry today? I, 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 uh, I don't see it. one. No, I don't. No, see he one. didn't. Play. Did he play? 
I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think I saw him on the field. Yeah, you know, we, we expected Edwards to play, uh, you know, at least for most of the week. And um, no, no, I've said Andrew Paul. Yeah, yeah, I know. But what I mean is those two guys, maybe maybe yeah. there was a decision to keep those guys, just rest those guys. Uh, you know, yeah, Roddy yeah, may have some answers uh, once we yeah. once we get we get to him. But, but what about uh, Brock Bowers had one catch for three yards. Yeah, I, I have him on uh, my college fantasy team. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, look, stats for, for that stuff. I mean. He he like 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 Eddie said he he missed his opportunity to score today, oh, and yeah. then also Beck, Beck had a chance to uh, get him a touchdown too on a back shoulder throw that he was off target on because he put that more center body. Um, at the end of the day, they the, the offense to me, especially the pass game. I mean, you win forty five three. You really wish you would have scored on the first drive of the game yeah. where you get to the ten. Um, Otherwise, I don't know. Not a whole lot to complain about. The, the run game to me, I, to me, if you're going to nitpick and you're going to go after something, that that's that's where it's at with you know who they who they got going on and why they're not getting the kind of production that they need when they they played the better teams. Let's bring on the boss man here, Roddy Nabolsi, two and zero. He says in his uh, name there. Got the nice polo, looking good. Looking yeah. uh, looking very clean. Oh, okay. Don't. Whoa. All right. Whoa. All right, let's. That's impressive. Yeah, I sure got to show off the, uh, the the gear there. Uh, yeah, Andrew Paul did get in at the end. He returned. Yeah, right there at the end. Yeah, we little kick. But uh, Jeremy yeah, Neighbors helped us out uh, with that one. I expected uh, Dejan Edwards to play. I mean, yeah, and again, you're only as good as your sources, and my sources are usually pretty spot on. But I don't think I was the only one uh, who's close to the program that thought he was going to get in. Some I was expecting to see that kind of one-two punch of Kendall Milton and Dejan Edwards going back and forth, and um, we told everybody yesterday Lad McConkie wasn't going to be in, and I, I'm not one to make uh, excuses, but Dejan Edwards is a damn fine football player. Georgia's running game looks better with him in there. I told people before the season started in my uh, fall camp preseason notes, I said Roderick Robinson is not the fastest guy on the team. A lot of people are like, what, what the hell are you talking about? He's a yeah. running back. Yeah, but he's not a burner. You saw that today. His first carry, his last carries. I mean, he's he's a, he's a running back, but he's not. He doesn't have Dejon Edwards' speed, you know. And Kendall Milton has uh, looked good today. He looked rough, rough running, um, but yeah, uh, he looked kind of clunky. Like it was weird. It was like yeah. he just couldn't get going. There were spins there. It wasn't smooth. Um, no Andrew Paul, which I thought was interesting considering he played all last, you know, played a ton last week. So if your number one guy is a Mostly healthy Kendall Milton, no Dejan Edwards, a little bit of Cash Jones, a lot of Roderick Robinson. Um, and then you have to go to Dylan Bell, which we told everybody yesterday in our 3-2-1 report, that, watch this guy. That's why I lifted this the prediction. Could have talked about anybody else, but I talked about Dylan Bell. I'm like, this is the guy. They need that quickness, that uh, quick twitch, that yeah. uh, elusiveness. You saw him break a guy's ankle on his uh, run there. He just killed a guy. Bad blocking, and he still torched the guy. So, uh, when it comes to the running backs, that's good. They're they're, they're missing Dejan. They're also as Marcus Rosby Jack Saints first game back. He had some good plays. He had some bad plays. That's all what it was. And you're also without Lad McConkey. So, two weeks in a row, you're missing. Yeah, you two two of your best starters are out, and one of your best uh, wide receivers is it's his first game back. So. Um, Almost looked like a completely different team. I thought they were very effective until they got to the red zone. Georgia moves down the field. 
and then on a couple of different drives, they get in the red zone and it's a pass that goes incomplete or dropped uh, run where you don't get anywhere and a third down that doesn't get you what you want. So, but again, I mean, I'm not going to complain, but if we're looking for anything to overreact for and anything to nitpick, I'd say uh, just kind of looking at the, those red zone series, but they moved up and down the field pretty much at will. And uh, even that first drive, everybody's a little disappointed with, I mean, you, you marched down the field and you missed a field goal. So I'm not, I'm not going to be too beat up about it. I'm not going to overreact. I think a lot of the shine has come off the backup quarterbacks too. I was getting there. Yeah. So I uh, had a buddy of mine come over uh, with his family and watch the game. They got to meet baby Jackson for the first time. And uh, we were sitting there watching Vandergriff and Stockton and, and with Vandergriff's two overthrows, yeah. I was like, man, maybe, maybe Kirby told him to just go in there and sling that thing. And, and, he, he was hoping that, hey, maybe he overthrows a couple bit. Get get a little bit of pressure off. We're joking, obviously, but get a, get a little pressure off of his uh, starter's back because his, his two backups came in and, and didn't look great. So I think that's a silver lining for, for Carson is that, hey, you know, these, these guys didn't look that great. And, it, you know, it, it maybe get off my back a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah. The Jordan fan base ain't getting off anybody's back. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I, I'll say this. Um, I, I think I, if we're going to nitpick, and that's what we're here to do. I think the that's, downfield, yeah, that's exactly what we're here to do. Right, right. Uh, I think the downfield blocking is lacking a little bit, too. I know you got number one back today, Marcus. That's big, but Lad does that really well. And how much I think, guys, I'm going to say it right now, and you're not supposed to compare teams or whatever. How much does this team miss Big O? I think that's oh, a huge man. miss that we don't have somebody like that guy because he's an extra lineman. Downfield blocking was impeccable. Just just a monster. And, and, and I think this offense misses him. You set that edge with him so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just guys that want to wash down, they want to slide. Then you ran into the great wall of Darnell, and you were, you were just stuck. There's nowhere to go past him. He could reach you. He could step to you. And then if you uh, overcompensate, he could peel off for a pass, you know, a little curl route, just kill you with it. Uh, that's not to say that uh, Oscar Delp won't get there, but Oscar Delp is not Darnell Washington. Lawson Lucky was a little bit closer to that, but losing him is big. So, uh, And also exactly what uh, the coach said last week, Coach Simpson said, we're going to load up and take away the run. And I see a lot of people, the O-line didn't get any push. Motherfucker, when you want to try to push 17 people? <laughs> You know, when you're up there, and I've, I've been in that position where you're sitting on the line and there's a guy on either gap, and they're like, get push. I got to push 600 pounds. I'm only 300, and I'm going to push them backwards. That's some- You weigh 300? No, I don't, but I did. Oh. <laughs> but the point is, you push a guy, you know, and there's two of them pushing back. I don't care if they're FCS or, you know, Division Two or NAIA or JUCO or what the hell. There's They got more weight than you got, and there's two of them, or there's one in each gap, and the, the run's supposed to come off my inside hip, and I'm stretching to reach a guy, and I get to him, but the other guy comes in on my uh, outside hip and makes a tackle. And I'm like, well, the offensive line didn't do their jobs. Bullshit, man. Come on. It's just the, when they have more guys in the box than you have blockers, there's not a whole lot you can do. Now, when they rush four and they get your quarterback on third down, yeah. you know, because nobody's open, that that's that frustrates you when you had five. That, that, I'm like, come <clears> on. But – the idea that you can't just push teams around, you're supposed to impose your will on them. Coach Simpson last week said, look, we're going to load the run because it's too easy to turn there and hand the ball off to Cash Jones or uh, uh, Dylan Bell or uh, Milton and him tear off a 50-yard run. That's easy. But if you have to block 
for the throw, make the throw, catch the throw. Two touchdowns were dropped today. You know, uh, one right in the end zone. So he's like, look, a lot more things can happen badly when you have to throw the ball than when you just turn off and hand it to, you know, a talented back behind that giant offensive line. So teams load up to stop them. So uh, I'm not worried about the people that I'm worried about the run game. I'm not so much if you make them honest. And if they want to load up and make you run it or, you know, force you to throw, well, if you get Lad McConkey back and you have Dejan back and you have a, I think Carson's shown a couple of things that make other teams nervous. Like, well, he'll actually tuck and run. He's put some stuff on tape to make them a little bit nervous. So I'm not worried about the run game so much as I am uh, saying kudos to the teams. They're saying, look, we're going to take the run away from you, but you got to make them pay through the air. You yeah. got to make them pay. And he loaded up and threw a couple downfield and he did make them pay. Yeah, he in on that long pass. It was a nice, nice throw across yeah. the middle in the first half. The yeah. one to cast Jones on the wheel route. Oh, that was, yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in terms of big plays, uh, Georgia counts those. M- most colleges do count it as uh, big plays in the air of going over 15 plus yards. Georgia had eight of those today, with the longest one being uh, Carson to Oscar Delp for 41 yards. And then you had Arian Smith for 37 yards right underneath that. And then in terms of long rushing plays, uh, Georgia counts those 10 plus, like I said, most schools do as well. You had two of those being from Dylan Bell. You had one from Carson Beck and two from Roderick Robinson. So all five of your explosive rushing plays came from your quarterback, uh, wide receiver, and a freshman. So, you know, it's different. It's it's a little different. Roddy, uh, I want to get Jeremy Neighbors on here. But before I do, do you think Dylan Bell uh, is is has he found his way into at least getting five carries in the backfield, or is this just a stopgap type situation? I I think folks after seeing that touchdown run were like, "Wow, this was the best run we've seen in the last two games." First two games, uh, it was it was unbelievable. Well, here's what I didn't know how much they'd use him. We had people that went to practice that he's practicing with. He's getting a lot of snaps during this practice. So I'm like, okay, they, they experimented with it a couple of weeks ago and that kind of leaked out and but then they, they just didn't do it. And I'm like, I don't know if they're just working this for the South Carolina, if this is going to be a gimmick thing or how much they're going to do it. But then we have people go to practice, say he's doing it a lot. I'm like, okay, well, I need to put that in the column. And I mentioned that this is a guy who was recruited by a lot of teams as a running back, six foot, 180. Sounds like a running back to me. Uh, he's cut, he's built like one, he's strong as an ox. This is a, you know, a guy who could do it. Georgia has a great history of throwing so much to their running backs. I mean, you had a situation where Kenny McIntosh was your leading receiver in many games. Uh, They started throwing to Cash Jones. They want to throw to Andrew Paul. DeAndre Swift caught everything. They've always had that good, that one with, you know, Sony Michelle. They've had the kid with good hands that they can throw to. And uh, James Cook. I mean, look at James Cook at that touchdown against Alabama. He lines up in the backfield, moves up to the line, goes off, you know, out and up, touchdown. Uh, it it frustrates defenses when they are not sure what your personnel is. And if you can take a running back and make him into a wide receiver, you know, okay, are they, you know, are they in 12? Are they in, you know, uh, wait, well, no, wait, there's no running. Are they empty? You know, what are, what are they doing back there? So I love that confusion that you create with the uh, – the guy that can do both and doing that. Why can't they go the other way? Take a running uh, wide receiver who can run and put him back there. We saw that last week with Makai Muse on his touchdown. He lines up in the backfield, 
They move up to the line, tunnel screen, 54-yard touchdown. Well, if you can do it with Makai Muse, why can't you do it with Dylan Bell? You know, is Dylan Bell better than Cash Jones? Maybe it might be. It might be tight. Cash, Cash is really productive. Is he better than a, uh, a Dejan Edwards right now? Well, Dejan can't even play. Uh, what about uh, Branson, uh, uh, Roderick Robinson? He's faster. Can catch. What about Milton? Kendall Milton. He's not better than Kendall. Not as a pure runner. But if you're if you're going to throw to him and keep them guessing, when Kendall's in there, yeah, you can throw to him. But uh, everyone knows that he's pretty much just hand it to him, and you're you're going to play big boy football. So my thing is, if Mike Bobo loves to mess with people, uh, it's the same thing Georgia's been doing the last few years to have that multi-purpose back. And I would put Dylan Bell in there for that for more than just by. Hey, I thought um, one of our posters uh, uh, he uh, compared him to Ty Montgomery. I'm like, ah, I, I like that. I like Jason that. compared him to uh, Cordell Patterson. Yeah. That, you know, and Jason, got, Jason nails it. I mean, that's a guy that get him the ball anyway. Kid, the same thing we say about Brock Bowers. I noticed that Andy was saying, "Hey, you got what one touch today? Yeah, one catch for three yards." Uh, did, did they did they hand it off to him once? Uh, no, I don't think he got a run. No, no he's not. Okay. He had two other touches. He had two other touches. Yeah, he okay. dropped the one, which it was. I mean, it wasn't a perfect pass, but he. One wasn't perfect, and one was. Yeah, you know. So, uh, and then one catch. What have we been saying? Get the ball to your best players. Right. Dylan Bell is one of your best. Yeah, I, I said it I, I, before last year. I said, follow this kid. You know he's going to be. Yeah, you, yeah I, will, I will give you credit. You were you were on the Bell train before before most were. And then towards uh, end of the season, he actually got a few starts. I'm like, you got a true freshman out there starting. So uh, I, I'm with you. I'm, I think this kid is. I mean, he's he and Makai Muse are my players of the game. Yeah, I mean Makai Makai man just continues to to shine uh, when he should not be. Like all odds are against him, Eddie, and this kid is out here. He about broke off another one. Uh, mm. I want to say, uh, was it a kickoff return or something? Um, I don't know. He, or it was another punt. Kid's good, man. The kid's really talented, uh, and he's—I I don't think it's a drop in the pan. You know, uh, no. I don't—I don't think it's a flash in the pan. Rather, I think he's—he's he's here to stay. Uh, so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on on Muse, Eddie? You want to get him the ball more? You don't care if you didn't have a scholarship and wasn't a five-star kid? Yeah, well, I said it earlier. He had, I mean, Jason said it, and I, I concur with him. You know, he, he needs – he was a spark plug today. We were doing nothing till he scored that punt return. He sparked the whole team, basically woke him up. But, yeah, you, like like Roddy said, you get playmakers the ball. And and I'm with you on Dylan Bell. He's making plays right now. Give McCom use the ball. I mean, he, he's, he's special right now. And he almost broke one. They threw that quick uh, screen to him on the outside. Yeah. He almost broke yeah. that one, too. Um, so he's right there. I, I love it. And, and he's taking advantage of his playing time with Lad being out. J- Jamie's 917 with a uh, YouTube comment here talking about the running backs at Georgia missing on Bigsby, Gibbs, and Haynes. Sheesh. That's a lot of people missed on Gibbs. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went to, he went to Georgia Tech. Um, yeah. You know, and, and Man, he, looked, he looked good Thursday night, too. He looked, oh, he's he looked, great. He looked, Don't get me wrong. He looked good. Uh, yeah, I mean, we covered his recruitment, you know. Now, he was, I mean, he was a he was a really late bloomer. He blew up uh, yeah. up there. I think it was at Dalton, right? Um, and yes, you Dalton. know, it, and he saw his recruitment blow up extremely late. 
lot of schools tried to come in on, on Gibbs, uh, but he stuck with Georgia Tech because they were one of the first to offer him. And so, you know, you can't – I don't know if you can add – you could maybe add Tank Bigsby and Justice Haynes to that list of, of Georgia misses because George was after both of those guys. Uh, but putting Gibbs in there, no, I don't I don't. Well, to what that guy said, you missed on those running backs. Guess what? The running back room when we looked at it at the beginning of the year was completely full. I mean, there's no – there's yeah, right? I mean, you're looking at five deep for a freshman coming in again. I thought Roger Robinson was going to be that guy. I mean, I mean Roger. I mean, I mean you Roger know, Rod, Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, until he got hurt. So I mean, it's not like it's not like you thought it was just an empty, you know, bear. So, um, Jason, I'm going to kick you out so you can go edit and do your job, and and hopefully you catch all your bets and win big money. I'm going to bring Jeremy on. So I appreciate you as always opening up the show. With hey, before we let Jason go, I want to get his take on something real quick. Uh, you the boss. You you do that, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's my show, damn it. Uh, ah! uh, that when Eddie said that uh, Muse provided that spark, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia had two drives. It wasn't going quite the way they wanted it to. Missed a field goal, then not a good drive. Then uh, Muse just takes his house and you just feel the entire complexion of the game change. And you only get the ball twice in the first quarter, which is frustrating with the new clock rules. Up. I'm not, I'm not a fan so far, but that kind of reminded me of that Isaiah McKenzie spark, maybe at Kentucky. Mm-hmm way back in yeah. the day, you know, when things are just, it's going a little bit harder than you want. And then that one guy comes up, uh, Bam Boykin, things aren't going the way you want it to. Bam's like, okay, hey, hey, everybody watch this. You know, just you give it to him and something happens. And then you watch the team lose their mind. They love this kid so much. And it's not that he's a 5'8 mascot. They respect him because he will knock you out. If you know, And you notice when they threw that little hitch to him, he drove through two guys and yeah. he's 5'8", nothing. And he ran over two guys to pick up an extra two yards. He's not ducking anybody, whereas some of the other guys were a little hesitant to lower their shoulder and run over somebody. Muse uh, is an absolute baller. Ballers respect ballers. And I'm just wondering, who does he remind you of? You've covered them for a while. To me, it's Isaiah McKenzie, but – with more love from his teammates, if you will. You know what, though? Uh, we, we were talking about this the other day. He, In terms of that, he reminds me of Stetson Bennett with the walk-on, busting his ass, uh, earning the respect of his teammates. I, I mean, it doesn't matter what position you play. Stetson Bennett was somebody who was never supposed to play. Makai right. Muse was never supposed to play. Both no. those guys were scout team all-stars who – are now who Stetson's now in the NFL from everything he's done. Makai Muse is now in a position that nobody could have ever thought he would be in, possibly being one of your most electric players when he's on the field. Um, maybe even a top three offensive player. Uh, if, if you put him, if you put him in a formation alongside, you know, w- along with uh, Brock Bowers and when Lad McConkey's healthy, just imagine what you can dial up w- with those three. And then maybe a healthy Dejan Edwards too. Um, so so the screenplay they ran to the field side with him. You know, yeah, Brock, Brock cleared him. Uh, not uh, Oscar Delp hit his block. Right, and sprang him for a first down. I, you're right about that. And, and, and yeah, so uh, honestly, when it, when it comes to when it comes to how he plays the game, Isaiah McKenzie's the obvious comparison. Um, if you think of little guys, yeah, a little, or, or uh, even, even Darren Sproles to a degree. Darren Sproles is more of a running back, but somebody who had that big play ability uh, with the ball in his hands in the open field, making guys miss. But um, just from a Georgia perspective, the the, the uh, when you know 
early on when Stetson was first successful in, in 2020 and the, the COVID year, you know, before they lost to Alabama, um, you saw the love that the players showed him when he was winning those early games. Yeah. And you see that with Makai yeah. Muse too. I think people love his story. People love the work he's put in. People love like on the team. I think that speaks to the culture that you got these, these scholarship guys who are absolutely ecstatic that this walk-on is making the plays that he's been making. Very fair. I what about Damian it. Gary though? He just kind of has a throwback to Damian Gary to me. Cause like size, yeah. like Damian Gary wasn't the biggest and he wasn't the fastest straight line, but he could move. He was so shifty and he returned when he would return punts, he would bounce around. He just reminds me of Damian Gary. Yeah. You guys notice, uh, Eddie noticed that, uh, the punt, they, he, he didn't fair catch it when the guy was in his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that, that reminds me of Damian Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what what is a fair catch? I don't understand that concept. I'm just catch it and get killed or, or duck you. So yeah, and I, I was shocked. I thought that was a fair catch coming, and that guy was right there. He he yeah. caught it. Give him credit. I love it. He's ready and go. Right. Tough dude. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, see you, Jason. All right, y'all take care. Thanks, see you, man. Hey, as, uh, uh, as you bring in the new guys, I'm gonna mention uh, one of our friends here, one of our sponsors, real quick, uh, over at uh, AS, ASW Distillery, uh, award-winning Georgia graduates. Five of the six partners are Georgia graduates who created uh, Fiddler Bourbon. They do bourbon. They do gin. They do vodka. They have a new thing coming that we can't tell you about yet. That's going to blow your mind. But they have three tasting rooms in Atlanta. I want you to swing by any of the tasting rooms, especially the one. Everybody likes going to the Braves game. Everybody likes going to the Battery. They have a tasting room there. Try it out when you get it. Uh, We have, after every show, we have a victory uh, bourbon. Or we have a commiseration bourbon. Luckily, we haven't had very many commiseration bourbons in quite some time, so we've had a lot of victory bourbons. And again, this is uh, a wonderful distillery. It's distilled by dogs, and they are a sponsor of this show. And it really helps us when you go out and let them know, hey, I saw the ASW bourbon on the post-game over reaction show. I saw it at UJSports.com. If you try it, you're going to like it. This isn't just because we don't recommend them just because they're Georgia grads. We recommend it because they win so many awards. This is a top flight distillery, and I think you'll be very happy if you give ASW a chance. You you buy a lot of bourbon, go to a lot of tailgates, put it into your rotation, see what your friends think when you uh, uh, pour them some of the bourbon from ASW Distillery. Great since guys the, over there. Since the Florida loss, you've had 36 victory bourbons, Roddy. I've had and, and one commiseration. Let, let, let's let's rephrase amazing. that. We've had 36 opportunities. I've had a hell of a lot more <laughs> actual bourbons. Yeah, um, that's all I meant. But, but, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's perspective. Before I let you guys go, I want to get Jeremy and Dane on here. Sure. Um, appreciate you guys as always. What are you? Ooh, yeah, I'll do this. What are you scared of next week against South Carolina? You could say nothing. What are you scared of against South Carolina? Eddie, I'll let you go first, and Andy. Um, I would say Spencer Rattler right now uh, okay. because you're finally facing a quarterback that can make some plays. Um, he, he's the best quarterback we will have faced for sure, no doubt about it. And, and some of those plays, I think Jason was right. You have a Spencer Rattler back there, and those may be complete passes today, and they weren't. Um so and, and just just the unknown with South Carolina, you know they're gonna have they played today. I don't even I'm not, I'm kept up with. Them. Uh, let's see. Yeah, That's a great. They play point. later. I, I I don't know, but you know they're they're gonna come in here they and, and they play what? They play tonight at seven thirty. Okay, okay. Well, what I saw last week was garbage. So 
So, you know, they, they can't block, but they're going to come in here with their head, head on fire and, you know, old Beamer's going to want to stick it to Kirby if he can. So that concerns me a little bit. And Kirby's going to want to try to stick it. Yeah. yeah it's, it goes know. both ways. It goes, yeah, it, goes it goes further the Hammer other way. Over. Right, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He can't stand Beamer. But anyway, that's really all that concerns me about that. And, and they're going to come out more fired up for that game for sure. It's 3.30 kick. It's it's going to be – Kirby's going to beg the fan base all week to get up for this game. It's going to be a totally different atmosphere. Yeah. I agree with that. Andy, what what what's going to keep you up at night this week? Yeah, this is their national title pretty much after getting humiliated last week. Like they're they're circling this game. If this and Clemson, it's like okay, they 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 want to win these two games because I mean, they still got some hope if they were to win out, but you know, it's not going to happen. But yeah, this is their national championship. And plus, you know, like Rattler, he can run. So I mean, that's the thing. And if we we got to be able to contain him on the outside. I think if they can keep him in the pocket and hit him once or twice, you see what happens. I mean, you know, Coach Don and always talks about like he's not ready to be in the SEC as an SEC quarterback. And he talked about it two years ago when he came over. So, um, yeah, I just, as long as we hit him once or twice, because I tell you, Dalen never looks, he looks really good. Yeah. I mean, like the cornerbacks, that guy's good. I mean, they're, I'm not concerned, like the, the back end, like, I think, you know, typically we live off of our defensive line, or I shouldn't say that, but you know what I'm saying? The defensive line yeah, no, yeah, is really yeah. strong. Our DBs are really good. They're, how deep are they? Six deep at corner? I mean, it's yeah. it's crazy how good they are. Yeah, I think I think DB this year, if you're looking for a position on defense, that's that's got to be the one that is standing out by far. Um, yeah. Eddie, before you guys go, I know you had asked about Bullard. Maybe Roddy's got some intel for you on that, or we, ha- we might have to wait for Kirby. You got anything on uh, Bullard before we let Eddie go? No, I saw what you guys saw, that um, he was in a boot, not a crutches. That was my first fear was when he was in the – crutches is usually bad. Boot is precautionary. But here's the thing. Um, sometimes stuff swells up and you don't see it. But if you see a guy leave the game on crutches, that's usually uh, – it, it's panic time. But did he, to did Andy he roll point, his ankle? Did he roll his ankle, Roddy? Do you even know I that? Didn't even see, I didn't even see the play. I know. I, I, like I didn't either. Yeah. I mean, thank God for Anthony Dasher and the boy of UGA Sports because I didn't realize he wasn't in there. Yeah. And I thought, okay, they're up a few scores, and here comes uh, their blitz and Tyke Smith off the edge. And the first time I noticed he wasn't in it, it was – when they blitzed Tyke and Dan Jackson covered his area, you know, came running up to uh, cover the spot he vacated. And I'm like, okay, you know, but my first thought was they're bringing pressure, not, Oh crap. Javon Bullard isn't out there. So, um, but we, uh, I noticed that we're, we're loading the press conference. Now the uh, ball state head coach, his press conference is up. So you can see what he said about Georgia after the game. It's always a good idea folks to go to UGA sports YouTube channel after this is over and watch what the opposing head coach had to say about Georgia. We were the only ones doing that. Now everybody does it, but you need to check out and see what uh, they said. Cause you get a lot of insight. Again, mm-hmm. we're talking about them loading the line last year. I mean, uh, last week, you know, taking away the, uh, uh, taking away the run. Yeah. If you don't hear coach Simpson talking about why they did it and the rationale behind it, you don't understand the fact that you had five guys blocking eight. So here's the update from Kirby. He said that um, Bullard has an ankle sprain, but he does not know the severity of it. Oh, that's that's day to day, brother. That's day to day. Well, he probably also did say the same. He said the same thing about uh, you know Darnell Washington when he had right. a, when he's yeah, going to be out for six weeks. He was day to day for six yeah, yeah. weeks. Yeah, that's right. that's that's a, that's a typical day to day right oh, yeah. there. Andy. Yeah. And with that, I'll, I'll let you guys go. But we'll talk thank soon. You boys. All right, guys. as always, thank you guys. His foot uh, could be falling off, and I'll call it day to day. Yeah. All right. 
Let's get Dane in here. Let's get Jeremy in here. Jeremy's been waiting a while. There's that boy. Which one is that, Jeremy? Uh, this is the I'm one guessing... that's about to be uh, two months. Oh, goodness. Look at him. Uh, he's starting Look at the football. I know. So starting to stir now. The other, one's, the other one's about to wake up from his nap. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave him. We have Jeremy in timeout until about the time his baby starts crying. Oh, man. Hold on a second. All right. Hang on. <laughs> Here we'll bring you back, Jeremy. We'll bring we'll get Jeremy back in here. His, his connection's a little weak there, and, and it sounds like he's got yeah. His you guys can't see it because he's in the back uh, the virtual waiting room, but his phone just went to the table, so he's he's on dad duty now. Uh, Dane Young looking sharp, looked like a, a golfer of some sort there uh, out there in Oconee County. Uh, we do it, everybody that comes onto the show. We were going to do it for Jeremy too, but I need your initial thoughts, my man. Um, first, when Kirby Smart ever says like an injury is day to day, it's kind of like the old joke I heard if someone asked if like somewhere was within walking distance, and it's like, well, it depends if you have the time. Yeah, that's kind of day to day in injury world. Um, I am going to be much more measured on this post game overreaction show than I was <laughs> at this uh, appearance last week. And, and Lump Dog was, was worried about you. He's from Columbus, Georgia. He said he was stopping by to see if you're hammered and arguing again. So Lump Dog's one of the legends, man. Um, yeah. No reason to worry about me. And there's really no reason at this juncture to worry about Georgia because I thought today, one quarter excluded and mainly some red zone execution excluded, it was much more crisp. You see much more potential in what this offense can be. I don't think that it has the level of. Uh, explosive plays that it's going to end up needing, but you saw more accurate downfield passing, which is my primary concern with the, the passing attack last week. So you saw more of that. Opponents get better. You like Rosemary being back, I do think helped a ton. So that, and Donnan said this last week, so maybe I should listen to him more, even though I sit beside him so much. Um, but that to me, if, if Rosemary can help make that much of a difference where there's just that level of comfort when McConkie returns, it's going to be some similar. And when Bowers gets more targets, when it's a bigger opponent, then you kind of start to see where this offense can go from there. Um, not perfect for Carson Beck, but much better than last week. You just saw a variety in passes and not as just many check downs and run after the catch kind of stuff. So overall, I don't have a whole lot that I think Georgia should be concerned about. I think everything's pretty nitpicky from this game. Um, but at the same time, the more measured approach is to say Georgia did what it was supposed to do in terms of this game. And going forward, I don't know if that's representative of too much until we see what the schedule turns out to be. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, we haven't talked about the defense yet, guys. Smile Munden back, led the team in tackles. He's a game changer. We, we, we said it We said it last week. Uh, he led the team? Yeah, he, uh, he had four tackles. A.J. Harris had four as well, but – a lot of that, those are that was the leading tackler was four. So a lot of guys got in. There's 57 total tackles and spread out amongst good God, uh, 25 guys maybe here. Uh, total had a tackle, I think. So, yes, yeah, hey, I see, I see a passy from Jeremy. So you might want to like try to hit this window just right. Let's see. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Monday being back was huge, I think, in, in my opinion. Then Tyke played a, a heck of a game as well. Let's see if we can't get Jeremy back on here. Jeremy has switched boys and yeah. has gone with the older boy uh, for this one. Bringing bring the right, the left-hander, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, what was your thoughts on this game, man? I know you're busy, and I don't want to keep you for too long, but yeah. give us your thoughts. I'll, uh, so, biggest uh, thing for me was, again, the slow start that, you know, Eddie and them hit on. 
uh, that's really also probably my biggest concern going into next week. Uh, you know, I know, you know, hopefully Georgia should be able to terrorize Carolina's offensive line. Uh, but I really just don't want to see another slow start next week against Carolina. Hopefully, you know, they'll come out with a, you know, more, uh, more hype next week. You know, like I said, the afternoon kick against Carolina, uh, but just avoiding the slow start was the biggest thing to me. That's got to get settled. Uh, and what helped, like, you know, the second quarter, the second quarter was a game changer having news, you know, the punt return, and then you had three touchdowns off the turnovers. So that really yep. opened things up. Yep. Uh, that really opened things up for us. Uh, but I guess really what I want to see, uh, and it, I, start, I did start to see it in the second half, just want to see more of it, is sustained drives without help from the defense. Ooh. Does that make sense? I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. One concern, I think, heading into this game was just the juice factor. I, mean, I had a season ticket holder text me beforehand. It's like, I've tried to give them extra tickets that we have to this game away, and I can't do it. Like there, there was just not much energy from the fan base around this particular game. Noon, second game, Ball State was once Oklahoma. There's all the factors that we've all discussed. So then Georgia has to manufacture that juice as a team, and I think that's probably what you saw them fail to do early in the first quarter, especially after that red zone situation. And, and I don't know that that necessarily came from Carson Beck. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. It just is what it is. It came from Makai Muse on that return. And then after yeah, that, right. it seemed like everything on the team got instantly better. Um, and so who are those guys that provide that juice when they need it? And if Makai is one of those, then I think Jason's right. You're going to see him play a lot more. I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight with Jeremy, though. Me and Jeremy, we're going at it, buddy. Uh, I, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you on the sustained drives. But I actually, actually looked at the drive chart on Georgia sustained drives. They didn't actually get what we were, what, what you're looking for. So their two longest drives were nine plays and twelve plays. Uh, both went for forty-two yards. One was a missed field goal, and one was a made field goal. <laughs> it's just uh, it's better than the eight yards and or eight plays and thirty yards for a punt. You know, the end of a punt, but. Uh, you had a two-yard drive for a touchdown, a six-yard drive for a touchdown, a four – excuse me, a six-play and two-play drives for touchdowns, a three-play drive for a touchdown, and a four-play drive for a touchdown. I like the explosiveness there, but I'm with you. I, I, what I want to see is the sustained drives, like you're mentioning, and then finishing finishing them off yeah. the red zone. You know, Yes. When, when it tightens up, it's easy to gouge these teams when their whole defense is spread out. They don't have – you know, it's their – you can go after the safeties, but when it gets tight and there's not as much room to maneuver, that's where George has to get better. And the crazy thing is, who did Todd Monkey rely on in the red zone last year? Mike Bobo. So, uh, and so, I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but that that is where I would say didn't they improve on that in the second half? Like that's where it was a concern at first, but I thought in the second half they did kind of have more drives that went longer and did finish with scores. The second quarter was better, but in the second half they had like. Three, you know, three and out, three and out. Uh, they had, okay. they had one, they had one in the third, third quarter go uh, eight yard, eight plays, eighty yards. So that might yeah. be the one you're talking about. Okay, James. yeah. Okay, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I get, yeah, sustained drive, three yards, and, or three plays, and interception. So yeah. Well, and you know, your elite teams find ways to help your offense out and give you the short field. So I mean, that's what the defense is doing. You know, no complaints there, and that's they're going to need that, especially to help give keep giving the offense some uh, some confidence. So, you know, I love that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, 
it's just a continuing work in progress. Beck, like you said, looks better. Um, and Bell, you know, Bell looks – Bell today, I mean, that was the best run of the day, I thought. Oh, by far. Punt return. By far. Ankle he, like you said, Rod, he broke that dude's ankles. I mean, he might, you know – <laughs> that was he's, still, he's, still, <laughs> he's still trying to find him out there on the field right now. He, he walked back out and he's trying to he's trying to find those ankles again. He's got um, a metal detector out there looking for that stuff, man. It's, yeah. They're buried. Hey, Jeremy, yeah. what do you think of the the offensive pass interference call? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't think much of that. I thought that was, uh, <laughs> I thought that was a little uh, yeah, that was a little ticky. I thought that was a little ticky tack play. Yeah. You know? so I'd, uh, Jerry has away with words. I didn't think much of that. Bullshit. I didn't think much of that. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask y'all this. I don't know. Uh, obviously, it's only you know we're only halfway through week two, but objectively, where would y'all rank Georgia right now? I still I still like, think they're I still think they're one right now. Um, I, I I still think they're one. You guys have a different opinion? I think they're about seven, and Colorado's one through six. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, and I'm not, uh, I, I'm happy for the turnaround of Colorado. That is a fun program, and I'm happy for it. But man, I could do with a little less Colorado talk. Oh, no, it's only you're you, it's it's only ramping up. I, I just want a 10% reduction in headlines on my feed about Colorado. Just, I mean, no. I'm not asking for much, just 10%. Not happening. Not happening. Uh, Jeremy, before we let you go, I see you got your hands full again, man. Yeah, he's laughing. He's laughing at Roddy's hot takes, too. Um, can you give me your uh, what, what, what's going to keep you sleepless nights this week uh, for South Carolina? Do you have any? You don't have to have one. Yeah. So, so yeah, my, the only thing that concerns me was uh, what I mentioned earlier. Just just try not to have a slow start next Saturday afternoon. Uh, don't give Carolina any breathing room. Because um, if they do, then we'll have to see how Beck and them can respond on the fly if they get down early. But that's that to me is just the biggest thing. Just, just uh, steering clear of the slow start next Saturday. There we go, Jeremy. Right, we appreciate you as always, man. We'll see you next week, my friend. All right, sounds good. Yes, sir. Give a shout out to uh, Eddie and Andy and Jeremy for showing up each week. I'd like to see Junior if he's out there. Feel like we didn't give him enough time last week. I'd like to get him back, but I want some new folks to join us. We have a lot yeah. of we have a regulars, but folks, if you go, do you, is the link in the description still? Oh yes, sir. Yeah. So, folks, if you're watching this on YouTube, look down under the description there. You'll see a Streamyard link. Click on it. Follow the prompts, and we want you to join us. So, hop on here, and uh, we want to get as many different takes as possible. We want to know your concerns. Uh, hell, I'm looking for somebody to come fight Dane. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'll fight back. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speak, speaking of, I, I don't want to. I know that you're going to be able to see it on ESPN quite a bit tonight, Roddy. But I figured since you didn't watch, you were watching Georgia. Colorado did win thirty-six to fourteen. So uh, that uh, your wish is not going away. I think if anything, it's intensifying there. So it, it really did. Uh, you know, they came out and they played. You know, tonight the big big matchup, guys. Alabama, Texas, everybody's watching that. Um, and you could see you could see Alabama. You were asking where – I think he asked. Did you ask or he asked where Georgia should be ranked? Um, he did. Could, That's a good, good yeah, question. Yeah, you, could see Bama, you could see Bama jump Georgia if they beat uh, Texas, I would think, right? You can't do that, man. Uh, here's the thing. I did the same thing with uh, uh, 
Well, I guess it depends. Are you predicting who's the best team right now, which half the voters do? They're like, okay, here's how they rank today. Versus, are you predict? Are you looking at how um, you expect it to end up at the end of the season? And I I speak to different voters and different. I mean, even different coaches will say, well, you know, this is who's the best right now. And others are like, well, here's who I think is going to win it all, or who's eventually. And it's almost like you're approaching it from two different criteria. Um, if you approach who's the best right now, you can have wild swings with injuries and uh, improvements and such. If you're like, hey, here's who we think the top four are, and that can switch. But right now, when you're sitting as back-to-back national champions, and you have a uh, what are the you know two basically forty-point wins, uh, you can't take the national champs out of the number one spot. I I agree, but people love the recency bias. And I said the same about Alabama when Alabama would have a close one. And like, oh well, you know, Clemson should jump them now because Clemson beat FSU or somebody. I'm like, until they have a tight one, you know, they struggle. And even if they struggle but still won, I'm like, the wins all that counts, you know. And I've I, I think I've been uh, consistent with that. But I'm like, look, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And if you got a, the number one team racking up, I mean, yeah, we could say we'd like the offense to be more efficient, even though they did score a lot of points, a lot of touchdowns. You know, you got a lot of help from the defense, but hell, the defense is part of your team. Yeah. You know, yeah. the defense yeah. ain't separate. You won yeah. two titles with great defenses. You're going to try to win a third one with them. And if you have to have a limping, herky jerky offense to make to make it to the NF, uh, make it to the championship game, championships are won with defense. Good luck scoring on these guys. You, you scored uh, points in the last two games on the third string defense. At one point, every man on the defensive front was a true freshman, and they looked badass. Uh, Jeremy says, love the show. I'll catch the rest of the podcast. Hit the like button. Awesome, Jeremy. Uh, we we appreciate you. Uh, Omari, why have you – you need to call in, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting calling folks out. Um, yeah. Eddie said he'll fight Dane. So uh, he got you, he got you uh, uh, Yeah, I'll be happy Eddie to know. Eddie, Eddie, get out there. Yeah. This was uh, – Choppy actually had some, some pretty good comedy. He sent me a, a message during the game. And it was right after Beck threw his touchdown to Cash Jones. And he said, if you don't like him now, you're never going to like him. <laughs> he, uh, Choppy messaged me on GroupMe and said that he's got a generator. Apparently, their power's out. I'm going to tell him, uh, come get on. Dane is on. Uh, <laughs> Dane's calling you out. <laughs> yeah, Dane just called you out. Uh, this, is a, this is a question. I think that this is still not going to be answered, guys, from Mountain Man 73. He says Beck had a better day today. I think that I think this is where a lot of the fan base is right now. Beck had a better day today, but I am still not too confident in him just yet. Go dogs. I think if I was going to put the uh, 80%, 90% of Georgia fans into a bucket, I think they're probably with Mountain Men. They like what they saw today. It was not convincing enough. I don't know what he would have to do to like fully convince everybody, maybe throw. 450 yards, six touchdowns, you know, like just go crazy with it. But I think a lot of the fan base is in this bucket right now where it's, I like him, but if he starts messing up, I'm not afraid, you know, I, I don't have any loyalties to this man just yet uh, to pull him out for a different quarterback on Georgia's roster. Here's what I think it is, Paul. So like Stetson Bennett, even after he became the legend of Stetson Bennett or whatever, he still had like two or three weird goofy boneheaded plays in a game mm-hmm. but he would follow that up with something in the NFL too. yeah 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 he would follow up that that 
thing that looked dumb from the fans' perspective, and it was a spectacular play. And it was like a playmaking, game-changing kind of thing. It was the short memory deal. And I think that there's some concern that until you see Beck put in that situation, which they haven't been, where, look, this can begin to go the other way unless you make a really good throw to a really good player in really tight coverage. Until that gets tested, I think there's always going to be that question. But you look at Georgia's schedule, and you're like, that may be November. Yeah, and that that might be the that might be the problem uh, is that it might be a little little too far late. We've got the doctor in the backstage. Uh, bring on the doc. Hey, you know what, Roddy? There's three things in my life that I love. It's faith, family, and football. Okay, there we go. All three. That's that's what I love. Okay, and and the doc loves all three of those as well. Uh, doc, as we do with everybody. Hey, I right need- here. Well, let me see if I can get it right yeah, there. The- Ask me anything, Paul. Ask me anything. See, I got, I, I did get, uh, uh, what is it called? The surgery, LASIK, but I can't read the bottom. Ask me uh, anything. Equally clueless on most topics. Okay, there we go. Hey, I love the <laughs> signs. I love the Hobby Lobby signs back there. They, they're getting, 100%. They're that's, I go. I go and check them out every now and then. I know. That's where they're from. Because they're always 50% off, too. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they give that store away on Tuesdays. Is live, laugh, love above you? Because I can fire yeah. you right here on no, the show. No, no, I don't <laughs> have that one. I at least don't have that one. That's in his bathroom. That's in his bathroom. <laughs> no. That's that in the classroom not, no. for the students. Something about washing yeah. the hands is in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. All employees must wash their hands. You got that sign up there. Right. Right. Uh, Brent, we do it for everybody. Let me know. Initial thoughts, man. So I just finished up. I don't know if it's posted yet, but writing my post-game piece. And the biggest thing that I wrote in the sort of top piece was I think they very much have an identity sort of issue offensively. And it's a pull and tug between what is – what have they been for two years and what do they know versus what are they are, what they are now? Like their best players now are receivers and that like, and for two years they've had a efficient machine because of mainly because of Darnell Washington. And when you combine that sort of with the edge blocking perimeter blocking and then the play-action pass game, they've just been an efficiency machine. So we'd, rare, we'd rarely, you know, you'd see a lot of first first downs or rarely see third and eight plus. Like even in this game, third and seven, third and eight, third and ten, like because the efficiency is struggling. So I think it's just a back and forth right now of, hey, we want to be this because we're, we've been so good at it for two years versus, but yeah, our best players are now receivers. So I think that's why you see the ball being out so quick. It's like, hey, we got to get the ball in Lovett's hands quick. Got to get it in Brock's hands quick. Got to get it in you know Mew's hands quick. That's I think it's just a back and forth between that. <laughs> Good stuff, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, the, yeah. Andy's comment where 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 is the clear eyes, full hearts can't lose one. That uh, that got me. When <laughs> that's first did beautiful. It, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh that's that's one of those uh. That's that tattooed on the shoulder, right, Brent? Those are those are the stencils. He's probably got that in the living room. He's got that stenciled on the wall, you know. So, but no, we, we're just giving... that's the name of Brent's kids: Clear Eyes, Full Heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Clear Eyes Rollins, come here, boy. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. What about this? Uh, what about this defense? Anything to worry about? Because as you look at it, Brent, you 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 can break this down a whole lot better than all three of us combined can. But I see. And my eyes don't deceive me here. Zero sacks. Uh, is that a product of playing against teams trying to get it out? 
or uh, you know, are we going to yeah. see some sacks? But wasn't that what what year was that, guys? A couple years back, like Georgia just could not get sacks, and we were like, are we going to see ten sacks this year from this defense? Was that the COVID year? Yeah, it might have been. I think it was. There was just no. There was every game there was zero sacks, and we we kept saying, and "Hey, you no, had the guy because we're, we're you know, no one should get in there," you know, and uh, right. They kept missing. They would get back there and they wouldn't get the sack. They would be like a missed tackle type situation. Um, anything to worry about there, Brent? Uh, from, in terms of worry, like last week, like I watched the edge play and that was like a massive concern. It was to me, it was some of the worst that I'd ever seen in the Kirby era. A lot better this week. I think you saw like Chaz took a big step forward from because yes, what's his role? His role is first and second down, make sure that you put you get him in the third down. Like, that's his role. Like, be a run defender early in early downs. He re- You rarely see him a lot on third downs, but he played that role well today. Marvin Jones Jr. got a lot more snaps, I think, today than, than he did a previous week. So I think you're going to see, like you saw Gabe Harris kind of moving inside a little bit as well as working the edge like him. Uh, Kristen Miller, I think, was one who kind of flashed a little bit today on the interior. Like, yeah. You got you to – and that's all I want to see is build the depth there because you can't have minuses. The sacks part, I only like to me, their sacks will come when you get blitzes from the linebackers. I don't know that they've done much of any of that point. yet. I don't know that they've, I'd have to go back. I'd need to go back and look and see how many actual linebacker blitzes they've had. I would bet it's less than three. Well, to, to your point, how often when they blitz did they send Dumas Johnson? Not a lot. And last week, the guy that played the most snaps was a true freshman, C.J. Allen, calling the defense, 36 snaps. Dude, I mean, you're asking him to do a lot already. It's like, hey, call the defense. Here's your first game. Probably not going to send him a lot. Today, they had Smile Mondin out there. He leads, he leads the uh, defense in tackles. But, again, he's not 100%. He, you know, so I'm just thinking with you, I'd forgotten how many times they send those guys to the A-gaps and uh, they set up for that. Plus, you know, you don't have a Jalen Carter out there who's going to demand that double team every time. And that's not to say that Nazir Stackhouse can't, but there's something about uh, that guard, you know, when he's shading the center and the guard has to come over and help him up. And you got a two-way go for that uh, inside linebacker. He's like, hey, look, this other A-gap's open. This B-gap's open. I'm going to meet you at the quarterback. It's a little bit different when Jalen Carter's in there. Granted, he's not playing that far inside, but when two guys have to take him on, that just opens up so much. So – I love that. Uh, after watching last week and then again this week, I mean, I, th- I thought it after watching last week, but again this week is kind of it was kind of ironic that I thought, you know, who they're kind of missing along the defensive line, somebody like Barry Alexander. <laughs> In terms of skill set, just a yeah. skill set, not, not the person, not the player, not that the skill set, the very sort of interior, just quickness guy. They don't necessarily have that. Yeah, Chris Miller, though, today I thought looked fantastic. Yep. Was, he was uh, a lot better. Hey, yeah. Roddy, you referenced something on the Watch Along show. I wanted to pop it up here because now Catherine Skeen has put it out there, uh, this shot of Oscar Delp um, doing his hurdle. And some great shots from, from Catherine. So people good. need to go to UGASports.com and check these out. So it's our best football uh, gallery to date. Here's the thing, uh, Catherine's – I, t- I sent her a text last week saying, hey, your uh, week one gallery is the best I've ever seen uh, you you put together. And if she thinks this one's better than last week, then holy hell. So I, I, I was going to say, I'm glad I you said 
I'm glad you said the best one she's ever put together because you have sent me on assignment before, and I would say some of mine were pretty spot on, boss. Um, just saying. You don't get forever intern status doing right. shoddy work. Right. Yeah. You, I, you can't you can't carry around a forty thousand dollar camera and not be good at it. You know? I mean, you fired people before, right? So Roddy's like you know, Paul's better than whoever he fired before. Yeah. So oh, so Paul, there's a comment. That last comment, Christopher Black made a good comment. Where is Damon Wilson? I think the broadcast today showed you why you haven't seen a lot of Damon Wilson. And why is that? Did you hear like when he was running around looking for sort of where to line up? Did you hear them talk about how the coaches were like pounding on the the glass or something, whatever they were saying that the coach, I think the defensive coaches were right beside them, just yelling and pounding or something about getting lined up correctly. That was, I'm pretty sure that was him who was sort of back and forth and not getting certain spots. So learning curve there. But hey, Gabe Harris knew where to line up. Gabe Harris is a stud. Gabe Harris is. Samuel uh, Bimba knew where to line up. Yeah. I and finally, hey, uh, I hope uh, Mr. Smith is in here. Dara Sr. is in here. But we saw Dara Smith make a big play, just a sheer athletic play, and then almost get killed by a teammate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, almost got sent to concussion protocol. Um, he gave him a look, too. Like, calm, calm down on the celebration, guys. Don't tear a guy's MCL because you're celebrating. Um, also, his arms just standing up almost reach his knees. He has – Probably the longest wingspan on the team. It, hey, it, it's freaky looking yeah. compared to the other guys. Him walking around and his arms being that long, it's it's uncanny. It's it's right really wild. Brent, this is completely hypothetical. But when you have these teams that get the ball out quick, and Michael Williams was asked about this. He said, look, sometimes they're just getting out. The best thing you can do is jump. And we saw last week uh, who jumped up and knocked down a pass. One of the big – one of the interior linemen batted the ball down. Uh, might have been Zion or somebody got up and batted the ball away. And uh, Michael Williams said, sometimes that's all you can do. You know, they're getting the ball out so fast. To to Paul's point, I'm thinking, hey, look, you know, if they're doing pitch and catch, you know, ball's going out in 2.1 seconds, as Kirby said, I'd put Darius out there and say, look, yeah. throw over me. <laughs> just throw just, over me. I was shocked up. there wasn't a pitch. You can jump a mile. We've seen him on, you know uh, – on special teams, he um, was in the. He was the guy who was going to block the Ohio State kick. Had that's it gone what I'm straight, saying. I'm like, okay, so if you know he's going to roll out that way, and you want to give him a chance to run somebody down, yeah, yeah. Darius can catch. Dan Jackson kind of later in the game, I thought he was going to get a pick six. I thought I, sh- I was shocked there wasn't more of that because the instant their linemen start cutting on a pat on a you know straight drop back play, I, I thought the second level should be screaming to yeah. sort of. Pick up, and Dan Jackson almost got one uh, later in the game. I, so they had two great interceptions. Raylan Wilson, one. too. He came through and was going to – Yeah, he was about to kill that poor quarterback. So, like, everybody's cut. Everybody's on the ground. It looks like an old World War II movie where he's running through no man's land. All the bodies are down, and he's just stepping around. But he's about to – he's zooming in. He's, he's about to clock that quarterback, and he throws it out of bounds. Another great game for uh, Brent's old man – West Virginia boy, but I have adopted him since he's been here in Athens, Tyke Smith. I think Brent and I are the president and vice president of the fan club. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so if you want to join, we still have spots on the bandwagon. We tried to get you guys to join a couple of years ago. You decided not to, uh, but Tyke Smith, heck of a game. And for, I think uh, what they've done with him is they've put him closer to the ball con- more consistently. 
like like you saw him screaming off the edge, you know, play some play action today, you know, running at the quarterback. Like him closer to the ball, I think he's more natural there. He's almost like linebacker instincts in a nickel corner body kind of thing. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Should we bring Ben on since he's driving Roddy, or let him, or wait till he uh, gets some? I mean, would I don't violate know. state law. He's yeah. probably at a drive-through, uh, a you know, a, a package store drive-through. Right, and if he's not at a package store drive-through, he can get his stuff from uh, Rogue Shop, right, Roddy? What they got going on? Uh, the Rogue Shop has a deal right now where you get uh, it's it's a standing deal where you get ten percent off on any of your uh, any of the stuff from those guys. Um, I like the fact that if you use promo code Bulldogs10, you get 10% off. It's easy for me to remember. What's the team we cover? Bulldogs, how much is a percent? 10. So use Bulldogs10 to get that percentage off. Um, I want people to understand that if you're going to have a drug test and you buy certain THC gummies, you'll probably fail said drug test at work. So let's be clear for what that is. But if you have chronic pain, if you have a hard time sleeping, uh, if you just want to have fun, they have all sorts of things. They have teachers. I just want to have fun. <laughs> you have to, hey, some of those gummies are a blast. You're right. You're right. You're right. I like that. But the way it, the thing is, Richard Zamora, who it's not this giant corporation. It's a guy and his wife. Okay. This is not some huge, uh, you know, multinational corporation. This is a guy who was a in the military. He got hurt. He's a former college football player. You know, uh, he got hurt and he was taking drugs and they weren't helping his chronic pain. And he started looking into cannabinoids and realized, you know, that they can help with anti-inflammatory pro properties. And he started looking into this. And here's a guy who grew up. He's like, man, I don't believe in any of this stuff. And he'd never tried any of these things. But he was in such pain that he needed that help. He tried it out and he said, this helps me. There are other people that need this. And if you go to the Texas site where he first, he's a Texas fan, when you first started advertising them and the number of people in that giant Texas site that tried his stuff and loved it. He started going to the other rival sites. He came to us a lot of our subscribers, UJSports.com who tried his uh, gummies to help them sleep, to help them get rid of pain. And some of his recreational gummies, the, the reviews have all been fantastic. So I want you to go to the uh, rogue shop, use promo code bulldogs 10 and try some of their stuff over there. Uh, they have. They even have uh, tinctures for your dog. I have a dog. She's under my desk. She, every news story I've broken over the last 14 years, this dog has been on my finger beside me. Uh, she's got arthritis in her, the middle of her back. Uh, she's been in pain this week. We got the tincture for her. Uh, she gets a couple drops on her food or on her tongue. She eats it up, and she's much happier today once we start going back to the tincture. Uh, I have a knee issue. I have, they have an ointment there that I put on my knee. It takes down the inflammation. So points, my point being, it's not just the fun gummies. They have some fantastic medical stuff out there that you can try at the Rogue Shop when you get a chance. And, again, Richard loves to call me and just talk absolute smack about Texas and Georgia football. He's a giant Georgia football fan. I mean, a giant college football fan. He's so jealous of what the Georgia Bulldogs are doing right now. We're going to have him come on one of the shows, and he can tell you a story. But it's a fantastic story. So when you get a chance – Check out the Rogue Shop. I've never done anything in my life that would make me fail a drug test, but I have noticed, Roddy, that in five plus years of working for you, we've never been drug tested. So, yeah, we're, 
Look, I, I got the notification the other day that to congratulate Paul Meharry on nine years with UJSports.com. He's a nine-year intern at UJSports.com. If I were to set up a drug test, we would lose our longest uh, term <laughs> intern. So, you know, sometimes you just – Would we lose our boss, test. though? Uh, dude, the boss delivers the test. The boss don't take the test. <laughs> that, that ain't how this crap works. No – uh, Pickless Cage out there says, out in the field today, just want to say thanks for all the quality entertainment. You're welcome. Jermaine King says, now that was a smooth transition into your ad read. Yeah, Jermaine, been doing this a while, my boy. I appreciate you. Jermaine, appreciate get on the show. Uh, yeah, Jermaine, come on. Uh, get on the Jermaine show, Jermaine, 25 dude. years, and he can't come on my show. It kind of hurts me. Ed, Ed says, uh, Eddie from Aquar says, it's been committing driving crimes. Probably. He keeps, every time I'm going to load him in, he keeps going out, Eddie. So I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's getting a phone call from his people telling him where the drop is. He's probably uh, about right. to bail out. So we, we, he and I are not going to be fighting this week. And <laughs> Hudson Wilson <laughs> says Pablo Nabolsi. I like that. We almost had that, Dr. Pepper all over my screen here. I like that. Uh, Christopher I, I, Black I, I, says, Roddy needs to tell folks not to eat a whole one if they're not used to it. You'll get sicker than a dog. Yeah. You won't get sick. You might get sick, but you will uh, not remember that night. I'll tell you from personal experience. Now, and here's the thing with uh, when you get a order from um, the Rogue Shop, there are, A, they send you all the state and local uh, certain laws stating that you can receive this. Yeah. So, oh, here's a statute. You know, it's included in there. Also, the, there's a big sign in there saying, Morning. If you've never taken one of these, take a third of one, see how it does. The next day, take, you know, next time, if you feel no effects, take a half one. So they understand that if you drop a 50 milligram THC eight, it might knock you on your butt. Whereas if you're one of our other publishers in the district, you're taking the 250 milligrams just so you can catch a buzz. Uh, I'm not, I'm not said publisher. I know him. He is really good. But my point is, uh, it warns you in the box not to take a whole one your first time out. Guys, we haven't well, talked much about uh, Ball State. Was there anything concerning on their side of the ball? They brought in the second quarterback. Again, I had uh, kind of friends and family over today to see the baby. So did they bring him in? Was that more of a uh, just, hey, let's try somebody else? Or did the other guy get hurt? What was the story on that? I think they were playing both of them. Yeah, okay. I, I thought that was the case. Uh, rushing. The other guy, by the way, the other guy played against Georgia in 2019. Really? Like Hatcher. Oh, that, Hatcher played for Arkansas State. Wow. Uh, the, the new, Cook the was a kid, freshman. The kid that started, Simonza, was a true freshman. Started the first game for them last week against Kentucky. Yeah. So, good for him. Ball Which State we might want to – we might not want to do transitive property with Kentucky because they're currently tied at halftime with Eastern Kentucky. Mm. Six uh, six rushers for Ball State, 28 attempts, 77 yards. Overall, Ball State, uh, what did they – what's their numbers here? Less than 250, 54 yards? Huh? Looks pretty good to me, right? Yeah, 224 total yards of offense for Ball State. They didn't move the ball. Uh, at all today. Dude, guys, this defense, I mean, we can talk – the weakness last year that nobody wanted to talk about, nobody really could see until the very end, was the secondary. I know it sounds weird when you have uh, Chris Smith going off to the NFL and Keely Ringo going off to the NFL. You know, you had Javon Bullard, you had Malachi Starks, but they weren't as good as they are this year. And that's assuming that you get uh, Javon Bullard back quickly. But this secondary is not going to have some of the issues that the last one did. Now, I still, if I'm co coaching against them, I throw deep and hope for pass interference calls because they get a bunch of them. I'm targeting but, Kamari Lasseter consistently. 
Today, they, they went after uh, Dill Never. Uh, you know how many times they threw at him? And he made them pay. So shout out to Dalen because he's a, a, a new guy, essentially. But the interior line, uh, inside linebacker is good. Outside linebacker is coming along. There's not a lot of weaknesses. You don't have Jalen Carter to be disruptive on the front, but you have enough guys who can cover the gaps. And I think it's just going to be very tough to score on this first-team defense. So I'm thinking uh, – yeah, Bowler's if you're looking for a potential like unsung hero on that defense, David Daniel Sisfam has played some pretty solid snaps. And I don't know, it just I mentioned this on the watch along show. These dudes that just hang around Georgia forever. Like it's William Poole a couple years ago, it's Robert Beal. Like they're not superstars, but you kind of end up needing them somewhere along the way. And David Daniel feels like that to me. Yeah, especially if if uh, Bullard's out for an extended period of time, he's gonna have to step up. Brent, were you what were you about to say? That that's Bullard's ankle, most important thing from the game. That was literally yes. the last thing I wrote. That was the only, like, takeaway, like, biggest picture piece is make sure he's good. I want to know about uh, Brock Bauer's ankle. What's going like, on with that? I'm just saying, remember last week after the first game, he was limping a little bit. Mm-hmm. I spoke to someone who went to practice this past week, and they said, you know, he's doing the full practice like he normally does, but after every catch, every time he's walking back to the huddle, he's limping. But they weren't pulling him. They didn't put him in a black jersey. They didn't sit him out. He just did the whole thing, and he's limping. Today, they didn't go to him a whole lot. They didn't – they what, threw to him three times. He had one catch. Uh, one was a bad throw, and one was a drop. Uh, not a whole lot of jet sweeps. They, they weren't forcing the ball to him as much as they normally do. He didn't look like he normally does. I didn't see him limping at all, but I'm wondering, you know, is he, is he a little gimpy? Is he a little – is there something there that we need to keep an eye out this week? Yeah, and that's, you think about – so if he is in any way hampered, Bullard, Ladd, Edwards, like those four players beyond vital to what they do. And by the way, I would add a fifth. I think they're going to get back to sort of normal when Lawson Lucky comes back. I think – it wouldn't shock me if he becomes the plays the Darnell role uh, a little yeah, more so. There than, were a lot of blocks in that. Dealt. Not, not not picking on Delt because I think they had Drew Sheehan in there on another play. It's Lindbergh. Uh, Lindbergh wears eighty five. Is who's comes. Yeah, but this was uh, I believe uh, a different one. Oh, just normal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it was Lindbergh uh, switching jerseys, but uh, there are some missed blocks on the perimeter out in the flats. You know. Uh, that you just saw how how important it was not to have Darn or how much you're missing Darnell Washington. I just I think Eddie made that same point. It's a it's a big deal. Uh, let me ask you guys this real quick: How many positions on the offense is Georgia better at this year than last year? Where have they improved the caliber of player from this year to last year? My answer is none. The three interior linemen are the same. Same. I was like, you can't say those. You got a true freshman at left tackle. That's not – he's not Broderick Jones. He could Richard, be. Redshirt freshman. It's going to be redshirt freshman. Uh, but, I mean, he didn't but play. But right now, he didn't play. was last year. Yeah. He was all – he was completely out last year after the back surgery. And Marius Mims on the right-hand side at the right tackle spot. He could be better than uh, McClendon. But he's – you know, this – I guess – that's a tough call, but are, are you saying he's demonstrably better? Not yet. Uh, wide receivers, I mean, you had A.D. Mitchell. You bring in Dominic Lovett. 
he's really good, but I, I'm to you're, me, you're doing a trade of there. You're like AD Mitchell and Karis Jackson or Ra Ra and Lovett, and I think that's probably a push. Yeah, uh, you're it's a step down from Darnell Washington. You, later it's on, you, can that, you know, but that's my point. Uh, you don't have a Kenny McIntosh in the backfield. Like Dane and I talked about it last week on the play of the game. Like Muse, like he might be that guy that just plays in the backfield. And I know Paul and then talked about it early on the show because I was writing, I was listening in the background. Bell has to play. Like you're a running back, dude. Sorry, <laughs> you might not like it, but you're a running back. But you could be the best pass catching running back that George's ever had. I, I mean, possibly, but. You know, but I'm just saying you have all those reps of wide receiver. Well, th- if you think about, hey, like today, independent of health, and you're putting your best five skill players on the field and you have to play someone at the running back position, like Bell's the most explosive. He's also the most experienced. Like Kendall is nowhere near healthy. I, I you can see that. You're, you're getting ahead of me here real quick. Let, let's finish out the first point, and then I want to come to that. So where have you improved on the offense? You haven't. If there is one, it's right tackle. Just and that's in, in terms of talent and body. Yeah, yeah. The elite. And, and like, if there's one, it's that. Yeah, and Brock is Brock. So that, again, a push. Yeah. So Lad McConkey's Lad McConkey. Again, a push. You know when he's healthy. Dejon is Dejon. And again, you haven't had two of those guys for the first two games. So you, in other words, we're expecting you know the exact same production that we saw in a sixty-five to seven championship game. In weeks one and two, with uh, you know seven new players, I just, I just don't see it happening. But they could get well, there now. I mean, to your compare, question, doing, doing the comparison, like if Sanford is UT Martin and Ball State is Kent State, like they've actually sort of offensively performed a little better. No, that very fair. But now, what you brought up is very interesting to me. Give me your five most explosive players. Are you, you talking in terms of like skill guys on offense? No, no. What, what Brent was talking about, he's like, you got to put five guys out there. Is it, is it you know, running back, tight end, and three receivers, it's, or four receivers? It doesn't include a running back five. unless it's Dylan Bell. Like that's okay. the thing. It doesn't okay. include a running back unless Dylan Bell is that running back. If you're I like five it. most explosive. Okay, well, and at the go. moment, it includes one tight end. Dylan Bell, Brock Bowers, and give me your three wide receivers. Lad, love it, and I want Rosemary out there. Yes, I, I think just from a. I think Raw Raw might be more of a down the field guy, but I, consistency and what it gives you otherwise, I, I go Rosemary. Middle of the, the reason field why presence. I wanted to fight you on this because I was going to, this is the last guy. Is it Rosemary Jack Saint, Raw Raw Thomas, or Mackay Muse? No, it's, it's, it's Rosemary. Middle field. You got to have the middle of field presence. I know. I just, if I, I'm so happy that he had a big game. See, Andy Stowe agrees with me. He's like, Muse. Well, no, no, but like these big plays that happen, a lot of times it's because of like good downfield blocking. And your best downfield yeah. blocker on this team is Marcus Roseman Jack Saint. And last year, it was you know, setting the edge with Darnell. There's not a Darnell on this team. There's not a Darnell on any team. Like that's the unicorn that Georgia had the last three years. And you mentioned Makai. That was the other. So the thing I wrote about him in the post in the post game piece. I think Georgia's long sat on its advantage in the kick return game for a while. Like they put sort of solid running backs and or Kyrus who didn't have like take it to the house at any point ability. Like everything had to be blocked perfectly. Like this kid can take it to the house because he's that shifty and can start and stop and go and, and keep going. Like 
you sh- you have a defined advantage in the kick return game because of the depth of talent that you have. And you've kind of just sat on it for a while, I think. Versus, and you've looked at it as – I think they've looked at it as a, hey, don't fumble the ball. Don't, like, just get it to where, get it to where we can get it. Versus, hey, I've got four and five stars all up on the that kick return team, and you've got whoever you've got. And like I think that's one area they could be way better, and that I think he brings that. He brings that ability. I want I for the last few years have been predicting that uh, Kyrus Jackson will take one to the house, and he came within a hair's breadth like nine different times. And it, I'm like, okay, this is the year he's going. Or this is the week he's going to get it. This is the week he's going to get it. He just didn't have that speed. And, and sometimes he didn't have the same blocking. Uh, I do want to point out that with Muse, he's. I mean, last week, I made a big deal of the fact that he had 50 return yards last week. And then in the first, or excuse me, in the second quarter, he had 117. So that was before he had a couple other returns. Uh, uh, Paul, can you look up and see how many total return yards he had? Because it was, it was phenomenal. Up there. But, for, for Muse this week? Yeah. Yeah. The kickoff return, he had 47, and punt return, he had 51. He totaled that with his receiving yards. He had 125 all purpose yards today. That's that's just mind-boggling. Uh, I've written. Guys, I'm about to slide out, but yeah, to go. Let's go, Fiddler ASW. Right, we'll um, see you, Daniel. Yeah, have fun. I won't be on next week, Paul. So I'll see you all the week after that. I'm a PO. All right, brother. Oh man, we won't be. Able, we won't see a good fight. I, I mean, if y'all want me to chime in on my phone from somewhere in Madison, Wisconsin, I'll do it. But I'll probably be at a brewery. Is there a, is there a Colby Calais concert going on up there? No, I'm. I have another job, and we're we're taking some students. <laughs> it's up a real job. Uh, we're taking some students up to Madison to check out some workplaces. But I am going to go see Georgia Southern play at Wisconsin at 11 a.m. local time uh, next Saturday. So nice. Well, have fun, my man. See you guys. We'll, we'll see yeah. you later. Uh, the last two weeks, uh, you know, I write a column, and my in week one, I wrote, "What's going to happen with special teams?" I know a lot of people, they'll, they'll see special teams on the list and they skip right past it. I kind of used to be one of those guys, too, because I'm like, who cares about kickers and punt returners, you know? Yes, it's technically a third of the game, but it, it's not often that crazy. Um, and the last few years, you've been, we've gotten very satisfied or very uh, complacent with the fact that your kickoffs are all going to be touchbacks. You're going to make most of your field goals, but you're very seldom going to have a big punt return or a big kick return. But just like we say, you can't discount. We can complain about the offense, but you can't discount the fact that your defense is so good. You can't discount the fact that you could have a huge advantage on special teams. Hell, there's a whole thing called Beamer Bowl uh, from your neck of the damn woods, Brent. That they all talk about the fact that they were good in special teams. You never talked about Beamer's quarterbacks or Beamer's defensive ends. They talked about you know winning games with special teams, and the fact that you have a guy that could pick up 117 return yards. He's an absolute danger. Uh, we, we had a, a spot earlier where we're talking about Makai Muse, uh, you know, comparing him to uh, uh, you know, Damian Gary and Isaiah McKenzie and Bam Boykin and just absolute returners of the past who were nightmares when they got the ball. You were, if, if the other team was punting and you were like having social hour, you stopped what you were doing just to see what's going to happen when Bam Boykin gets the ball or Isaiah McKenzie gets the ball. Right now, you have an absolute lethal threat. And again, we haven't seen Dominic Lovett return one. We haven't seen Lad McConkey back there, who's good at returning. Uh, we saw uh, uh, trying to think of the last guy to get one, uh, the wide receiver, Haynes. Haynes. Yeah. 
that guy could do something with it. The point is, if you, you want a three-peat, you have to look at every aspect of the game, knocking down field goals, kicking, not letting the other team return a ball, and the fact that every time they kick to you, you got an absolute dangerous little dude who can put you on – I mean, Georgia started the game off on the 47. If you can start on the 47 against Georgia, uh, South Carolina – Against Tennessee, against Ole Miss, hell yeah! You should. Well, that's why the yardage total wasn't great. Jerseys, man, come on. Outside of some of their own issues, it's why the yardage total wasn't what it was because of starting field position. Average start for Georgia uh, this game, guys, on their own thirty-eight. That's crazy. That's Jesus. that's uh, almost. I mean, you're twelve yards from the center of the G. Kirby's gonna be having palpitations. He's gonna be. Like, <laughs> yeah, your own 38 is a crazy start uh, considering everything. That's that's insanity. So that, that helps out a ton. Average time of possession for each possession, two minutes, 21 seconds. So they were either getting in and out or they were kicking it off. I mean, there weren't many times they punted it. So it's, average time of possession was two minutes, 21 seconds. I've said this in a couple of different, various interviews preseason. Maybe we even talked about it on the film Don't Lie last week, but because of who their playmakers and the lack of Darnell that we talked about a little earlier, I think their efficiency steps back and their explosiveness goes up. So you're going, I think that number that you just pointed out is going to be somewhat consistent where it's like, Oh, two, three plays, boom, we score, but you're not just murdering people eight, nine yard, you know, seven, eight, nine yards a clip like you did a season ago. Well, this is uh, where the argument I was having with Jeremy neighbors who was on earlier uh, he said he want to see more sustained drives. And I'm like, I, I agree. I, I want to see that efficiency. My One of my questions this week in the column was, when will we see Georgia effectively running their routine plays, the plays that they were their bread and butter last year, you know, the ones that you've documented on Film Don't Lie, that Georgia's just better. You know it's coming, but you can't stop it. And we haven't really seen Georgia hit those in the first two weeks. But by the same token, if you look at the drive chart, they had a 10-play drive, an 8-play drive, and an 8-play drive. The 10-yarder and one of the 8-yarders resulted in a missed field goal and a made field goal. And the, the last 8-play uh, drive was a touchdown. But they also had a 2-play drive and a 4-play drive and a 6-play drive that resulted in a touchdown. So to your point, they can be explosive. And when the other team crowds the line and people are worried about the uh, – uh, running game, we got no push on the offensive line. Well, you can't push seven with five, but if you make them pay through the air or you get it down to the edge, I, tell me you saw how effective play action was. I know Brent Rollins' PhD stands for play action here, damn it. That's always. <laughs> yeah. every, every. He is a play action guy. Truther. I'm a truther. It works no matter what. Who cares how good your running game is? There's never a bigger advocate for play action than Brent Rollins. And when Georgia went, they hit a couple of those. They had a couple of good runs, and the play action opened up. And all of a sudden, Carson Beck looked like a damn genius. That's where it, he looks more comfortable doing that. The hey, the fake, the setup, the rhythm throw. Like that's where he, to me, has looked the most comfortable in the first two weeks. Is play action, sort of middle to deeper uh, shots. But for the sort of efficiency versus explosiveness argument i think i've said this on the rate i'd said this on bill shank's show earlier in the week but one of our posters uh i think a gray dog 
made a great sort of analogy with that. And his analogy was that basically like 21 or 22, you, you had Freddie Freeman. And now in 23, you have Matt, Al- Matt Olson. Like you're sacrificing some of the average numbers for more power numbers, but you're still getting lots, you know, the sort of same levels of production. For so the baseball people out there. Yeah. We were complaining last year where the explosive plays, but they were still marching up and down the field. Now maybe they're not marching as much, but they're hitting the explosive. 20, 20 passing plays over, over 15 yards in two weeks. Which wins you a title? Because I worry about being explosive. That's great. And the coaches always talk about being explosive. But at the same time, having more than you give up. And we do a lot of damn three and outs. And you saw this how many times this, today we saw pass on first down incomplete, run that picks up two yards, third and eight in the red zone that you can't, or third and eight somewhere else on the field that you can't uh, convert. Second and 10 runs are the most, or the least efficient play in all of football. But you've already gone – you've already went uh, – you know, you missed on first down, so you're second and ten. You want to at least get something. Well, so that's I see why they do it. But I'm well, and plus young quarterback, second – you know, not necessarily young, but young in terms of experience. But second start, I think you'll see that change as the season goes along and in games that matter a little more so. Brent, what do you think of the um, – the Brock Vandegrift uh, reps. I, I'm, I'm out. Oh, I'm, I'm out on Brock. Oh, wow. I, ha- I have been, and, and oh. it, 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 it kind of it confirmed. Like I don't know if you saw me posted earlier in the week. Like the, just I don't know that he sees it. Just at the pace that you need to see it. And I, I yeah, I, I would, I, it wouldn't shock me if it, it would almost be split reps, but Gunner maybe get more reps when you, when you go full, like if you had to go to somebody. See, I was kind of the opposite way because last week he had, I love, by the way, the talent though, like the arm strength, the, the running ability, the size, all that sort of stuff. Yes. But there's just certain things I, I don't, I don't know that I see. I don't see from a quarterback standpoint. And, and granted, we have very limited reps with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, he had one drive last week in which he had two plays and scored a touchdown. Well, here's what I think happened last week. You absolute miss a double move layup touchdown uh, <laughs> on the first play that he was in. Like, go back and watch it. C.J. Smith absolutely cooked the DB and it should be just chuck it like single read boom. He's staring right at it, but doesn't let it rip. I bet he goes off to the side and the coach is like, all right, we're going to call this deep shot. And the second time you go in, let it rip. And he lets it rip and he throws it great. Like, so like there, there's parts of that to me where it's just like, all right, I don't know. I, if, if, if that is not something you're not really seeing, it's comfortable. It's like, he's got to, I think he's just got to play a lot. And the more he plays, he would get better. And, and I think the ceiling because of the physical ability that's there, but like, hey, got to, you know, you're on the road and your starter turns an ankle. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm very curious as to what that decision is. I'll take him over Gunner. I got, I got no problems there. I think the running ability, the running ability is real. I like, like Gunner. I like Gunner. I, don't get me wrong. Again, this is what I said. I want to go back to something. Because it can sustain early. offense. The running quarterback part of it can you can sustain offense with that. That, that that's my point. Uh, 
I don't know if I can find them back in here. Maybe we have way too many comments, but the person is asking about uh, what is your thought, you know, week two about uh, uh, Carson Beck, how you feel about him. And uh, uh, here we go. Um, go back to, nope, sorry. Give me a second here. Go Mountain Man. Uh, still not confident in Carson Beck just yet. Uh, I think that's fair. I've said, I got in trouble for saying this on the radio in Atlanta. I said Georgia had three good quarterbacks, but not an elite quarterback. I, I'm, I'm still of that same mindset. Nothing against Carson, but do you feel that if he was down two scores to Ohio State, he has the moxie to bring you back? Not once, but twice. You, just, you don't know the answer yet. We don't. And you're not going to. Like, do, you, do you feel that way with Gunnar Stockton? I don't know. Like I have no clue. The way Brock Vander. I don't know. I like that Carson has the cerebral mindset, the arm to see what's going on, to make some of those throws. Uh, he's a little, to me, felt more accurate today. Uh, I think you're going to rate him, rate him pretty highly. He had a few misses last week. I thought he was better today. At one point, he's sitting in like 80% completions. Fantastic. Well, the biggest thing for well, me. The way we can run. Holy crap. The way Brock Vanderriff can take off. If you have a guy that just needs to distribute the ball to weapons and give you that threat of run, I'm like, yeah, Brock could be the guy. But maybe he's not as uh, uh, experienced as Carson. Again, good, but not elite. Gunner, yeah. young, you know, uh, maybe takes a lot of chances. Gunslinger, good, but not elite. So or, or I'll just call them great. They can be great. But do you fear them like you do some of the top quarterbacks in college football? And right now, I'm like, no. I mean, well, that's a TBD. All yeah, exactly. we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We, I don't think we will know until I, it gets. No, I think, I think at Auburn's going to be real because the environment's real. It is. Like, it, it's, that it's environment's good. real. After, and after they it, lose to Cal tonight, it's going to still be a good environment. Still, like yeah, the too. environment's real. And, you know, Few Freeze is always going to have, you know, something to make it interesting early because that, like, over four quarters, the talent will win out. But early, the environment and the you know you might have a little bit of uh, adversity to face early. But no, he's he's. I think he's done, he's done well for what he's been asked to do in the first two weeks, and just keep going until you, until you see that little adversity and how he responds. All right, now you know what you got. Very fair. I mean, I don't even know that we'll know then. Um, that's just so. On that note, after my as Jermaine calls it, hot take with the fire thing. I will uh, yeah. <laughs> bust out. So, All right, Brent. We'll see you, fellas. We appreciate you, my man. Folks, uh, when you get a chance, go to check out the front page of UGSports.com. Um, check out Brent's thoughts and observations. It's one of the best pieces we have each week. Uh, he is one of the analysts at Pro Football Focus. They grade all the players. They will uh, – if you want to get a subscription to Pro Football Focus, it's a good idea. You can go in and see how many times Georgia was in – you know, cover three, how many times they brought a linebacker on a blitz, you know, how many times they were in uh, nickel. Uh, the, the quarterback analysis of where they throw to on the field, you know, yeah. left third, middle third, right third, plus 10 yards, plus 20 yards, plus 30 yards. Just those graphs to me are worth the uh, subscription alone. And this is a guy who works for them. He breaks down film for us at Film Don't Lie. So we always like to say, okay, Brent, you just watch the game. What did you see? And his uh, film don't lie. I mean, his well, his film don't lie pieces are great, but his post game thoughts and observations are a must read on the front page of UGSports.com. Uh, let's go around the league here, Roddy. Yeah, as we let's do. do. Um, 
Notre Dame 45 over NC State 24. They were close at the half, seemed to pull away. Clemson finally pulled away from Charleston Southern 59-17. Michigan is uh, in the third quarter against UNLV, only up 21-0. So uh, that's your second-ranked team. So, oh, yeah. Man, that's still a 21 not that it's pretty I, bad. I know. I know. I, know. I just uh, – But is you know, you, how the hell are they playing UNLV? You know, it's it's just one of those games. Uh, Tulane is up on Old Miss at the half, 17 to 10. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what is is the is their starting quarterback in for Tulane? No, it's the backup. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, you have Texas A and M playing down at Miami. That's a decent one for a three thirty kick. It is got four minutes left in the second quarter. Texas A and M up seventeen fourteen, but it's a been a back and forth kind of battle there. Uh, that, 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 that is a game that both of them need dramatically oh, yeah. to make an imprint on the national stage right now. Both of those programs have, I don't say in decline, but both of them have huge doubters and both of them are on the cusp of, you know, trying to improve their recruiting classes. You need that kind of out of conference statement win. You know, well, it's the battle of battle of NIL right here. These two well, schools were the, the Kings of NIL. Well, remember, you have James Coley, who is the best, to me, the best South Florida recruiter in the nation. He was at Georgia. He was Georgia's offensive uh, coordinator for a while. Everyone gives him crap at being a bad offensive coordinator. But to be fair, he did not have wide receivers that year. And that happens. And he's out at Texas A&M. That is a guy who spends a lot of time in Miami, South Florida, recruiting, going up against Miami, recruiting against them. It would do wonders for him and Texas A&M if they beat him. They're like, look, okay, come on to Texas A&M. We got the NIL. You're coming out to uh, Texas. I mean, pulling kids out of Miami can be tough. But if Miami wins out there, like, look, we just beat one of the best teams in the SEC West. We got it going on. We got the NIL as well. That's why I say, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, national uh, bragging rights, that is an absolute uh, – that is a decision maker for a lot of these kids in my opinion. Uh, you have Ohio State. They played Youngtown State earlier. Now they only won 35 to 7 against Youngtown State. They probably should have, I would assume that spread was a lot bigger than that. Fire Ryan Day. Yeah. Uh, Penn State. Hey, how, how did Marvin Harrison do there? Marvin Harrison. He was I going think, off. Yeah. Seven receptions, 160 yards, two touchdowns for the, uh, the young guy there. Just a beast. Um, it's crazy that we watched his dad, you know, like, his dad was with the Colts, uh, you know, with Peyton, and now we're seeing his son. Penn State, 63, hung up on Delaware. Eh, who cares? Uh, Utah barely escapes out of Baylor. Right. They had, they yeah. won like the last few seconds of the game. Yeah, they put up 14 in the fourth quarter. They won 20 to 13 against the team Baylor, who lost last week to Texas State. So That's like that, six losses in a row for Baylor. Yeah, if you're going off transitive properties here, though, how good is Florida uh, if Utah could barely beat Baylor? If you want to kind of go down that road, right? Uh, we'll we'll see. And then uh, your last two top 25s were Kansas State beat Troy and then Colorado obviously beat Nebraska. Now heading over to the SEC, not the Pac-12. Don't want to go there. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, the, the SEC. Kentucky is in a dog fight right now with Eastern Kentucky with one minute to go in the third. They are up. Oh, they just scored. Dang. 21-10, though. They were up 14-10 against Eastern Kentucky. So well, Kentucky's been like everybody's dark horse in the SEC East, you know? They're yeah. Like, well, Tennessee's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And 
South Carolina is not it, even with Spencer Rattler. Florida, of course, is not going to be there. So, you know, Missouri, I've heard people talk of Missouri and Kentucky as being the, you know, quietly the best, second best teams in the SEC East. But if you're fighting Eastern Kentucky, uh, Andy Stowe with the help there. 41 and a half was a spread for OSU. They beat Youngstown State by 28. So that eh, didn't quite cover there. The other only Ole other game. Is, I'm sorry to go back to the Ole Miss Tulane game with them trailing the half. Ole Miss is number 20 in the nation. Yeah, they are. Well, Tulane's 24. So saying, but uh, if you wanna if you want to catch a team that Georgia has to play this year, they are on their schedule. Go over to ESPN two, uh, watch that old miss. Uh, I like I don't know if I'm saying Old Miss or not. I might, but uh, Old Miss, Old Miss, whatever. They're in trouble. Only other game going on right now, Roddy, is at halftime. Arkansas is up on Kent State, fourteen to six. Um, Tennessee and Austin P are in a delayed. I don't know how long that's yeah. been delayed. There's been some real weather issues. Yeah, um, and then the rest of your SEC, obviously, the game everybody's watching tonight: Alabama, Texas. That's going to be a seven point favorite Alabama is here Roddy uh we'll be wrapping up obviously and we're going to either sound like geniuses or not when this comes out on the podcast because when folks listen to it it will be probably after this game Uh, but who who do you have here I'm taking Alabama yeah with the points or seven the minus seven I I think it's going to be pushed exactly by seven yeah uh it's just my uh I was asked this on uh 92.9 on Friday morning like who do you want I'm like I'm taking Nick Saban versus the field. And it's really easy to take the field versus him. But I'm like, here's the thing. Uh, and by field, I mean his former players or his former coaches. Oh, yeah. You can go to me if there's a streak out there. And I think he went, what, 22, 24 and 0. It was a long, yeah, it was it was a long, long time before he lost to uh, Jimbo and then before he lost to Kirby. And But I'm like, it's still – you know, you look for something to tell you what to do. I mean, you know, which way to lay your money. And I'm like, man, just the fact that he has, you know, he wins 85, 89% of his games against former uh, coaches, you know, guys in his coaching tree, which just goes to show that even though you learn how he coaches, how he recruits, and you go and implement it at your school, like Georgia did, I mean, Curtis, you can beat him, but it's going to take everything you got. And what Kirby did at Georgia to be able to beat him. And remember, Kirby lost to him first time. Yep. Uh, or twice, right? Was it like- yeah. SEC, right? Wasn't it? And then a regular uh, season game. Yeah. Regular season game, then the SEC. National league. title. Yeah. Then he beats him in the national title for the uh, – well, no, he lost Yeah, lost the national title. And this he lost the national title to Bama, yeah. Right. Then the uh, – yeah. So Either way, whatever. Yeah. It's- the point is there's a lot of them. So uh, Kirby finally comes through. And, again – even in that game, it took you three three quarters look like hell. You know, you went in the fourth. It was tough. Give me Nick Saban with everyone doubting him, you know, and not having been to where he is and kind of getting back to – and his quarterback, folks, I'm telling you, that kid's a badass. Yeah, Milrose, Milrose I think he's – yeah. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. He runs like a deer. He can throw. Uh, hard to tackle. So even if he were to hit him up, look, look at the thighs on that kid. Oh, here's a question for you. If he was at Georgia, would he be starting? Yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. 
Okay. Just wondering. No, no question in my mind. Uh, you've got uh, game, then you've got a couple games that only fans of that select college are going to watch tonight, which is Missouri, Middle Tennessee, Grambling versus LSU. Oh, Blue Raiders. <laughs> Grambling versus LSU, McNeese versus Florida, Furman versus South Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi State. If you really are kind of a freak and you want to watch, call them the Furman upset. Oh, uh, that's a 17 point spread. That's crazy. If you want to uh, just not, if you want to be, if you're, if you're one of those guys that you think it's cool to not go with the trends of watching the best game, you can turn on SEC Network and watch Arizona and Mississippi State while Texas and Alabama play. I wouldn't advise that. And then to wrap it up, this is kind of a sneaky game here. This line was at uh, seven at one point. It's at five now in favor of Auburn. Auburn heading out to Cal, where Cal uh, put up 669 yards of offense in week one. Uh, it's going to be a close game, and, and I will be watching that one late night tonight. starts at 1030 on ESPN. So Kirby's one and four against Bama. So, yeah, there you go. Appreciate it. Yeah, I knew there was a regular season game that they lost. Uh, there was the championship There was an SEC championship. Yeah. So they play them twice in the regular season, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. But this point being, uh, and then Barry's like, you know, everyone's down saving. They're in love with him. Not like it was before, dude. And there have been so many pieces written. Is this the end of the saving era? Is this the end of the dynasty? He hasn't played, you know, hasn't won a title in a whopping two years, you know. Uh, everyone, to me, everyone's in love with FSU and Colorado. And people were – when the Nebraska-Colorado line came out, millions went on Colorado that they actually flipped that line by 11 points. So, and it still was way too and low. Still- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we leave out of here, guys, we do it every week. Roddy, you were closest this week, by the way, for your spread. Really? Um, yeah, you were very close. I think you were either one point off or half a point off. So congratulations on that. Next week, oh, they already—I think they already have the spread out, but it's—it was a beginning spread at the beginning of the season was I think twenty-five and a half for this Georgia game next week. It is a CBS kickoff versus South Carolina. What's your spread, boss? Twenty-two. I'm gonna go twenty-seven and a hook. So give me twenty-seven and a half. Um, I think it goes up a little bit. I don't—I don't trust in South Carolina too much, so. Well, I mean, 22 is a weird one. I can say 21 and a half, you know. Yeah, 21 and a half will get you there. Yeah. Um, so, guys, Roddy, you got anything else you need? Uh, I want to give a quick quick helmet sticker before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. Let's Let's helmet stickers. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Mekhi Muse, obviously, I thought he played lights out. Um, I thought Dylan Bell uh, played great. I got to give one to Carson Beck. I mean, complain about it, but this guy had a – very good game. I mean, when you're sitting at 75, 78, 80% completion rate for most of the game, uh, and you had two touchdown passes dropped, you know, y- y- y'all got to take care of him a little bit better than there. On defense, the feet see Smile Munden back doing what he does. I thought he got one, but Chris Miller on the interior, uh, I thought Chris played really well. And uh, Taiki Smith again, we kind of mentioned him last week. Taiki back, um, that was pretty good. And it's going to sound weird, but Chaz Chambliss for getting that rebound. Uh, you know, I mean, Malachi Starks had the interception, but the fact that you could see an oblong ball hit a round cap, bounce backward to an uh, outside linebacker for him to catch it, just on sheer dumb luck 
You got to give Chad Chambliss a helmet sticker. Reminded me of uh, how you, we used to play. We called it curveball back in the day. You, each of you would stand on. I mean, we were poor, so you had to find things to do. Each of you would stand on the uh, opposite sides of the curb and get a ball and try to hit the curb and let it bounce back to you and catch it all in one yeah. motion. And that's exactly what happened when uh, <laughs> it hit the back of that leg and bounced as a weird, weird angle back. I think you named all of them. The only other one. Malachi Starks, I think, deserves probably another helmet sticker. So this, standing helmet sticker. Yeah, for him? I, he's got two in a row now. If he gets three, I think uh, he gets like a golden bone, is what we'll call it, or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe not a golden bone. That's kind of kinky, but um, what, whatever. We'll come up with something. You know. Also, we should give one to Dominic Lovett because last week he yeah he, he looked good. He was four or four, four targets, four catches today. Yeah, he looked good. He led the team in, in uh, receptions. Also. Uh, maybe a, a helmet sticker to Mike Bobo getting 12 receivers action. Spreading, 12? Yeah, spreading the ball out to diff, 12 different guys. You had eight different rushers. Uh, so a lot of hands to feed. When you have a big program like this, four and five stars want to eat. They want to be targeted. You In this era of keeping kids around with the transfer portal, you've got to get them involved. Congrats to Coach Bobo for uh, – getting 20 players the ball, whether it was through receiving or rushing. Now, some of those are doubled up, obviously, but uh, a fair amount of guys touched the rock today, which you always want to see when you're playing a team that you're paying to come play you. So uh, with with that being said, I guess I'll get us out of here, uh, boss, for UGASports.com. This was the post-game overreaction show, Ball State edition. We hope to see you next week. And uh, maybe the game will be a little bit closer. Roddy's predicting 21 and a half. I'm at 27. So, you know, naturally it'll fall in between at 24 and we'll see what happens there. Folks, catch all of the shows here on YouTube. We've got a ton of content for you. And do not forget to head over to UGASports.com. Great articles up from Brent Rollins, Anthony Dasher, Jed May. You can see Kat, uh, Catherine's photo gallery and much more over there so again before you head out also hit that like button for us guys it helps us out a ton reach this video to other dog fans with that being said i'm paul meharry that's Ryan the i'm trying to find the outro here there it is take care guys we'll see you soon